Hey everybody, this is the Classic Gaming Podcast. Today's date is September 3rd, 2016. This is episode 65. That was Alone in the Chaos with our intro music. I'm Robert Ring, and with me are... Blake Corey. Hey, it's me! Also, there's this other guy here. Uh, who was it? Robert Ring? Was that the one? That no, one, damn it, it. that's it right. uh, Jay Totoro. That's the guy. Howdy. Howdy. Hi. This is the first time it's been all three of us in like three episodes. I'm not a big fan yeah. of threesomes, personally. But... <clears throat> You're not? Really? God, no. You've been doing it wrong, then. Yeah, clearly. Yeah, maybe. Uh, anything cool going on with y'all? I don't have any th- anything special, really. Uh, I mean, Blake and I are talking about the new WoW expansion. That's about, a, that's about all the news this week. I think that's what everybody's talking about. Yeah, yeah we can hit pretty much everywhere. We can hit that a little bit in class. I'm curious about the numbers. Suggest. Yeah. What, oh, like how many people are playing? Uh-huh. Seems Still to be, release it. From what I hear, I mean, like people seem to kind of be excited. That's about how it is it. usually. It spikes up and then spikes down. <laughs> uh, Well, I guess we'll talk about some classic gaming news. Oh yeah, that's yeah. a good idea for us. We should do that every time. So this oh. is this is a little. Bit, I guess we're done. This is a little bit old, uh, because this is this happened like the day after our last recording. But there was there was of course the thing where at the end of the Olympics, the Japan Prime Minister was oh. came out of a green pipe and he was dressed up like Mario. Oh yeah, that was kind of cool. That's hilarious. Yeah. Uh. Shadow Warrior Classic Complete. So Shadow Warrior is a first-person shooter made by the creators of uh, of Duke Nukem and or Duke Nukem uh, 3D specifically, the the second one, not not the original like side scroller Duke Nukem. Uh, I've never played it, but it's free on GOG, and I'm not sure it's the the wording is kind of unclear whether it's like permanently free on GOG or if it's just free right now. But if you just go to GOG.com and search Shadow Warrior Classic Complete, it'll pop up, and you can download that for free. So go do that, because it's a free game. You have to use well their downloader? <laughs> no, you just... you just, uh, just kidding. You don't have to. They're not Origin. <laughs> They're not Origin. I always love those. Download our player. Oh, jeez. Virus detected. You play is the worst. Uh, or you play... Oh, yeah. Origin is like, I can live with it. It's like, it goes like, GOG is like my favorite, Steam <coughs> is perfectly fine, uh, and it's pretty cool. Then uh, then Origin, like, I can live with it, but I'd rather not, and then New Play is just shit. Yep, I'm kind of there with you, and then there's a couple other unknown ones. Oh, yeah. and Well, you know what, uh, Blizzard's client is, is pretty good. Yeah, I, I agree. I'd probably put it up there, top three for sure. And then finally, the uh, this this actually I may have just missed this on the last episode. I think I missed this on the last episode, but we were talking about the System Shock remake Kickstarter oh, that yeah? was going on, and it was successful. Wow! It, uh, was, is it, it over? Like completed? Yeah, it's over now. I uh, don't I don't know if they show the date that it finished, but um. Yeah, it's over. Their goal was nine hundred thousand. They made one million three hundred and fifty thousand. Wow, that's like one hundred fifty percent. Uh, yeah. So they did pretty good. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. It's uh the one thing I'm a little bit questionable about is 
they're saying that they're planning for it to be out December of 2017, which I'm highly skeptical that they're going to have it out that quickly. What do you all think? Wait, say that again? December of next year. Hmm. I mean, that's... Since they don't have to do a whole lot of stuff, if it's, like, just a remake, I could believe that, yeah. I mean, like, it's a complete remake. It's not just, like, a remaster. Hmm. That does make it a little bit more difficult to believe, then. I mean, we'll see what happens. If for no, so what sort yeah. of goals did they set after the nine hundred thousand? Uh, that's a good question. I'm looking here. I don't know if they. I don't know if they had any. Uh... Usually they do that though, right? Like when they get like substantially over the amount. They yeah, have a lot of the time. Like, well... Yeah, a lot of the time they'll have the stretch goals where it's like if we hit this yeah. number, then we add like voice acting, you know, or something like that. I'm not. Oh, here we go. Stretch goals. Okay, they hit three stretch goals at one point one million Mac and Linux versions. <laughs> One, wow! <laughs> yeah, one point two million multi-language support for French, Italian, German, and Spanish. So they didn't hit that. So they didn't hit that. No, they did. Oh, they did. What and was it, their one point three? Was it? Yeah, and then they did okay. hit their one point three million goal as well, which is let's see, additional locations and expanded narrative. We'll introduce new crew members and record new audio logs to be discovered in never before seen That's areas cool. of Citadel Station. So they. That added, seems like it should be lower on the ladder. Damn. Well, it's probably harder to do, which is why. Okay, so that's true. Which is why it's higher. Um, so a little bit more content than the uh, than the original, based on Roger. that. Uh, based on that stretch goal. So I've never played System Shock One. I played System Shock Two, and I didn't. I, I actually didn't like it. Although everybody in the world seems yeah, to love the say. damn game. So uh, like, I'm bas- I'm actually the only person I've ever heard who who doesn't like it. But I have never played System Shock One and Two. They just don't look as good as they're supposed to be to me. Uh huh. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't back this or anything. I'm not particularly interested in it. But yeah, neither am I. Yeah. Like I enjoy. Look, Bioshock is supposed to be the kind of a spiritual successor to the series, mm-hmm. okay. and I thought Bioshock is was okay. Yeah, uh, yeah same it here. had its big artistic moment that was pretty cool. But aside from that, honestly, that game didn't do much for me. And I feel like System Shock would probably be the same way for me personally. Uh, you're, it probably would be because I feel pretty much the exact same way as you do about Bioshock. And I never even played the second and third Bioshocks. Um, yeah, I haven't touched them either. But playing System Shock 2, you can definitely see a lot of similarities between the yeah, two. Yeah, I watched um, a speedrun of it and I think I watched a little bit oh, okay. of a casual at one point. And I so I got an idea of what the game is, and I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I can see where Bioshock gets a lot of its ideas from." Yeah, this still feels a lot like Bioshock, but it's in space. Pretty much, yeah. That's that's pretty much the the difference. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Anything else that I'm leaving out? Were you guys ready to? This is going this is going too fast. This I think. is going really fast. Oh, also, um, before I get into my game and or games, I wanted to double check with you, Robert. What did I play? What I played for the last podcast was it two or three? It was two. Okay, Jesus, God, yeah. Because <laughs> you, uh, well, no, but you played actually, but I think you played three. Uh, hold on, let me check real quick. Okay, no, no, no I think I'm wrong, but let me check. I know right, it was two right. last time. 
And I'm seeing what it was before that. Let's see. Uh, okay, yeah, no, you haven't talked about Final Fantasy three yet. You've only done okay two oh, Jesus. and one and five a little bit before that. Robert, okay. do you have yeah. compiled list of the games that we've played since the beginning of the podcast? I just, I've, I'm just pulling up the website, and on the website, that's what I thought. Yeah. By the way, the website is much more responsive than it used to be. It's, it's running oh, a lot nice. smoother. I've been using it a lot, like at work and stuff, and uh-huh. it's been a yeah. lot better. Like, I, the, I don't know what you did, but it, it's, it's running a lot better. The reason it used, to, I figured out the reason it used to be so run so poorly is because I had the, uh, I was loading the MP3s. For every single episode okay. that appeared on the page, on every that page, makes sense. so every page would have like ten huge ass MP3s trying to load, and yeah. also, and I think I think there was also a problem oh, with like yeah, the MP3 good. player itself trying to have so many instances of itself like was causing trouble. So I just took that. That off, makes a lot of sense. And okay. it's you have to actually click on an episode to get to the. Yeah, it, it goes through really really quick, and yeah, you can jump around pretty easily. Yeah, um, which was really really nice. So, yeah, well done. So thanks to me, you, you guys are welcome. Um, okay, so I'm pretty sure I've talked about six on here before. Are you talking about that this week, Rob? No, I'm still, I'm still playing that. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. So I know which ones I'll talk about then. It's not much of a secret. If anybody's paying attention, they can together. (laughs) (laughs) I've got a good one this week though. Uh, so I'm I'm looking forward to talking about it, but who wants to go first? Blake does. Here, he, All right, Blake wasn't here last time, so how about Blake? You All right, first? yeah. Plus, I've got plenty to talk about <laughs> to make up for the fact that I wasn't here last time. Oh no! So I've been taking part in the Final Fantasy Cowan Up. I've probably mentioned oh, yeah. that on the podcast before. Yeah. So since the last time I was on here, I finished playing through Final Fantasy three, four, five, six, seven, and eight. Shut uh, up! I'm part of the way through. <laughs> eight. No, I'm serious. You're part of the way through what? Yeah. You're still alive? I so far. Oh I think God. that's a world record. I think I think that uh, if you complete the game, I'm pretty sure. Pre- you cut out. You're pretty sure what? He has the world record for Final Fantasy VIII if he completes it. <laughs> I think he'll be the first person to if as long as you live through it, <laughs> you'll be the first person to complete the game. Uh, all right. So let's start at the bottom. <laughs> all right. Now we here. Uh, so Final <laughs> Fantasy three. <laughs> I like that. Final Fantasy 3. Oh man, was this a disappointment. Uh the short version is that I was really looking forward to this game cuz it was the beginning of the job-changing system in Final Fantasy games. Uh, I of course know this the most from Final Fantasy Tactics. It's where I fell in love with the idea of it. Uh and then I played Final Fantasy 5, the fan translation over a decade and a half ago uh on an emulator. The first time it was available to us in the States. And I, I liked it a decent amount there. I'll talk about that more when I... Well, actually, no. You know what? I've talked about five on the podcast before, so I'm going to skip over that one as well. Uh, Final Fantasy V, I like the job system there well enough. There are some changes that I would like to see made to it, which Tactics basically does. Uh, and then, to go further back in time, we have Final Fantasy III, the beginning of the job change system. They had it all wrong in this game. A huge, huge mistake. Uh, the biggest problem I would say is that what I love about a class system is the ch- just the choice, the variety, what you can do with that. This game does not uh, do that very well, though. Uh, it doesn't even let you carry over abilities from other jobs that you've leveled. So if you level up a thief, you can't just like slap steel on another character. Like if you switch jobs away from that thief, 
let's say you become a Viking, for example. You can't just equip steel there and use that Viking to steal equipment. You have to go back to being a thief. That really sucks. That's really annoying. Uh, it feels like unless you're going to use that class forever, there's no point in actually leveling it up. Thief is one of them that is actually worth leveling up because you can steal some kind of cool stuff, especially one of the stronger spears in the game if you have a high-level thief. Uh, we do have a job system, a job level, and a character level. There is that split here, as we see throughout the rest of the series. Uh, whenever they do the job stuff. The other thing that they get really wrong with this is that the jobs that you get later in the game are just straight up superior to the ones that you get early on. So, for example, you start the game out with getting a white mage. The white mage will get decent levels of level 1, 2, 3, 4 spells. Spells in this one go up to level 8. And at the end of the game, they will have maybe one use of a level 8 spell. But the final crystal, the final set of jobs that you end up getting, uh, you get something called the Devout. And that's basically just a super white mage. That's much better than the original white mage. Instead of having good values for levels 1, 2, 3, and 4 for its white magic spells, it has really good values for its level 5, 6, 7, 8 spells. So once you get this crystal at the end of the game, you then have to go out and start grinding job levels on this uh, for that character for that specific job. That gets very, very, very frustrating. Because every time you get these new crystals, that's basically the same thing that happens every time when you get these new sets of jobs. It's like, well, all of my old jobs are pretty much inferior shit now. The biggest problem to me comes with about one or two fights in the game very specifically are bad about this. Uh, one of them, I didn't actually have to use the recommended class for it. I got through without doing that. I don't know if I got lucky or what, but one of them is he's called Hein. And what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to use a scholar to scan him, because that's the only way that you can scan at this point in the game. And you get a read on his elemental weakness, and then you cast the weakness on him. I just said screw it and won the fight through other means. The other boss is a flying boss that will deal, like, uh, god, 900 damage to your entire team when you have around 800 to 1,000 max HP, if you haven't been doing a ton of grinding. The way that you're supposed to beat this guy is you're supposed to have some Dragoons and use these Dragoons, you jump in the air, and while you're airborne, as usual with Dragoons through these games, throughout all of Final Fantasy, uh, you can be hit by enemy attacks. So his lightning attack will whiff those characters. Not only that, but spears do bonus damage against flying enemies. So you're basically supposed to have two or three Dragoons for this fight. Otherwise, it's a huge pain in the ass it really pissed me off when i got to that part uh and then the end of the game you get the last crystal the last jobs from the last crystal and you have to take time to go out and level all those it really really frustrated me the story of the game is really shoehorned and really forced and really dumb it wasn't in the original game it wasn't apparently as prominent but in the remakes, they have made the four main characters like into actual, quote, characters. And I use that term very loosely. <laughs> so they, they try to pretend to have a story here, and it's just, it totally falls on its face. At least they're uh, killing characters left and right. <laughs> uh, I don't know. In 2, that was almost endearing in a really dumb way. In this one, it was just like, oh, it's just such a slog to get through. Did you say you beat it? Yeah, I finished it. I've finished all of the Final Fantasy so far. I've throughout my lifetime, I've now actually beaten every main series. How Final long Fantasy is that title. boss? 
How long is the last boss? That the, the fucking chain of if I'm thinking the right one, that's like it has like four or five different phases, correct? Um, no, this one is the Cloud of Darkness. It only has one phase, really, uh, but it has three different parts. And to get to the boss, you have to go through a huge final oh, dungeon. Oh no, I'm thinking the wrong one. Okay. Yeah, this is like the biggest final dungeon in the entire series. So you go through this one tower, and then you beat up the guy that you've been chasing the whole game. And it turns out that he was trying to summon Cloud of Darkness, a.k.a. the ultimate evil. And then he has unleashed the Cloud of Darkness. So you have to go into the Dark Realm or whatever this place is called and beat the Cloud of Darkness there. Note that when you beat this guy up and go into the Nether Realm, it's the same dungeon. You don't get a break in between. You just keep going. You don't get save points. If you die, you're all the way back out at the beginning. Yes. Before you beat up the Terrible. Xanadu, I think. Old school games, boys. Oh, it's That's bad. It's real bad. That's I was lucky enough. I actually died on the final boss, my first attempt. But the Steam version is based on the mobile version. And because of that, the mobile version has like this thing where sometimes you'll lose internet connectivity or your phone will power down or something. So they made it so that you can quit out of the game in the middle of a fight. And if you boot the game back up, you start outside the fight again. So you cheated. So fuck yeah, I cheated. Fuck that game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh man, it was bad times. This was three? Yeah, this was Final Fantasy three. Okay. It and was this, uh, and this is Japanese three to, to to be clear, to clarify. Yeah, the, uh, I, I will do all of my Final Fantasy names as the Japanese numbering. Um next up, Final Fantasy Four. I feel like I have I talked about this one on the podcast before? I don't think so. Really? I know we've talked about it, but I don't know if you've played it. Well, not, not it. Japanese huh. four. Well, there was no US four. So. Huh? All right, anyway. Oh, right. Um, oh, wait. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, maybe we did talk about the, Who knows? I don't know. I feel like we have a little bit. Probably. Yeah. Uh, I'll keep this one pretty short, too. I like four. It's a pretty good game. The writing is a bit goofy. It's very vaudeville, like, Golbez is very vaudevillain, mustache twirling. It's a lot of melodrama, where I like the overall idea of the plot, but I just don't care about the character, like, the things that drive the plot forward a lot of the time. The characters aren't super well-developed or anything. It's all very melodrama-y, and it's not bad, necessarily, but it's not nearly as good as something like Six, which I feel like I've talked about that one for sure on the podcast. Uh, I will say a little bit about six though. Once we get to, uh, the rest of four, I don't know. It's uh, it's a good game. It's fun. I like the. I play the GBA version, and that version makes it so that you can actually use all of the characters that you pick up throughout the game that aren't dead. Which so that's everybody but Tella and uh, well, Fusoya is off doing his own thing at the time as well. So you're able to instead of having the original five characters, which is Cecil Yang. Uh, or not Yang, Cecil Kane, uh, Edge, Rosa, and Rydia. You can swap out any of the characters that aren't Cecil in that party. You can swap in Yang, Palam, and Poram, and Edward and Yang as their replacement. Did I say Yang twice? I think so. Sid. Sid is the last one, not Yang so, twice. Oh, yeah. So. yeah. Um, it's a really cool addition to the GBA version. I love the bonus dungeon in the game. Uh, I love I love the idea of the bonus dungeon. The execution is quite lacking, unfortunately. 
But I really like the idea. What the bonus dungeon does is that each character, all nine of the characters that you can use in your party, all have their own, or no, ten characters, excuse me. All ten characters have their own section of the dungeon where it's like a little side story for them that's based on their character and what they can do. Actually, I stand corrected again. The twins have a shared dungeon down there. So there's nine dungeons for the ten characters. Well, whatever, whatever the numbers are. <laughs> it's a really fucking cool idea. Forget the numbers. Uh, just go with that. Uh, overall, GBA 4 is really good. I kind of wish I'd played through the PSP version of it because I actually played the PSP version of After Years. And if you don't know what this is, that is the sequel to Final Fantasy 4. And it was, I guess it was developed by not Square Enix, actually, which surprised me. But once I played it and got to get my hands on it, not too surprised. <laughs> this one, uh, After Years, came out in 2008, so I don't want to say too much about it. Huh. Oh, it was uh, worked on by Square Enix. Matrix and no, Square No, it was like produced by them, I think. Oh, okay. It says developers Matrix and Square Enix. Matrix software, yeah. yeah. And then semi-developed by That's Square. interesting. I think Matrix probably did most of the work. Actually, while I've got this open, what else have they done? Uh, like oh, God. These are the guys that did the iOS and Android ports for Final Fantasy V, VI. Ah, Ooh, okay. Ouch. These poor silly bastards. Yeah, they did quite a bit of stuff that just was not the best. Yang's tail. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. So, After Years is really cool. If you like Final Fantasy IV, I do kind of recommend a playthrough of it. It's got some really neat ideas. One of my favorite things that it does is it has callbacks to the old Final Fantasies where you get to uh, the final dungeon, literally the entire reason I wanted to play this game. The final dungeon is you going around and to get all of the super weapons in the game, you beat up bosses from the rest of the series. You go and you fight Doomgaze from Final Fantasy VI. You fight Atma Weapon, a.k.a. Ultima Weapon. Cool. Uh, just tons and tons of awesome boss fights from the old games. And you have... Oh, God, this game has so many characters. I think at the end of the game, you can have 24 different characters to choose from to make a team out of. Still not 103. <laughs> Which is a good thing. Robert. Were you talking about Swigadin? Yeah. Yeah, it's it? 108, by That's the way. 108, I'm oh, sorry. Poser. I was close. They kill yourselves. Right? Not to mention, I mean, you can't have all 108 characters on your team in most sweet ending games, so whatever. You suck. So, After Years, pretty alright game. I don't want to say too much about it since it's not part, uh, it's not retro. It came oh, out eight. about eight years yeah. ago. Yeah. Uh, the next game, Final Fantasy VI, which I think I'll hold off on talking about. Uh, the one thing I do want to say about VI is uh, the very short summary best characters in the entire series. Wow. Character. This is a game that is not driven necessarily by the core plot of the game. It's driven by the fact that it has really, really great character writing. Even if it falters a little bit with things like Cyan's family dies and then he immediately confronts them on a ghost train and then that's it for his character for the rest of the game. Jesus. That's <laughs> that's a really about all Cyan gets. It's a little sad in that regard. That is. Uh, but yeah, that, was a good, that was a good part though. It's a great part. I just wish that they did more with them. Yeah. But with a cast of about 12 main characters, it's kind of hard to keep all of them semi-relevant. Uh, seven, I've definitely talked about before. Yeah, we all, we all yeah, have. Yeah, we've talked about that a fair amount. Uh, oh, the other thing for six. I may actually do another playthrough of six in a, about a month, month and retro a half. Retro achievements? No, not retro achievements. Actually, there is a ROM hack for it that sounds really cool called Brave New World. 
What it does is it takes all of the characters in the game and specializes them a lot more. And it like fixes a lot of the gameplay problems that it has. Uh, it fixes stats that are broken. It makes strength, uh, aka vigor, in this NES release. It makes vigor an actual important stat to level on some characters. It doesn't, like, for, for example, in the original release of 6, Saban's Blitzes scale off of magic. Everything scales off of magic if it's an important damage-dealing thing in Final Fantasy VI. It's really sad. Hmm. So the Brave New World takes that, fixes that, um, very heavily specializes each character into, like, oh, you can level them as a Dragoon-type character, or you can have them as a super tank, where you can take this character and you can have them be a tanky healer, or you can have them be a semi-damage dealer that's really tanky as well. All this kind of really cool shit like this. Uh, it sounds amazing. I really want to try that one out. Seven, like I've said, we've talked about enough about. Yeah. And Final Fantasy VIII, which I have just gotten a little ways into disc two. Oh, wow. God, this game. You made it that far. I'm going to beat it. Like, I'm I'm not going to uh, pussy out now. I'm going to finish it. What, what I'm doing on this playthrough is I have... I found a guide that tells you how to get the main character's ultimate weapon super early in the game. Like before the end of disc one, so I did that. I played the the bad card game for hours and hours <laughs> to make this happen. I did a bunch of grinding where I didn't get any experience because what Final Fantasy VIII does is it has the enemies scale with your level. So if you're low level but you have really powerful magic and all this shit, the game is actually very, very, very easy. You can go in and one shot most bosses with the main character. It's really, really oh, absurd. God. Very poorly designed. Uh, playing through the game so far, it... Oh, man, the characters are so bad. Right? So oh, my so God. Bad. The love story, boys. The love story. Like, they're all the most angsty, annoying teenager characters you can fucking imagine. And it's driving me crazy. I thought oh, the, um, the the... A uh, way you could steal abilities from mobs is kind of a cool concept. I feel like if they could have done more with that. Yeah, the draw system, system is yeah. an interesting idea. Junctioning is shit. Yeah, I agree. Because it incentivizes you to have to draw a hundred of a spell just to make your stat as good as possible, and then you'd never want to cast that spell. Yeah, it makes it very, very grindy. I remember that as well, actually. Yeah, that's the problem. But the way that I'm playing through it, I have an ability. Like I said, I played the card game, so I already have one of the best. I like the card game. To my strength, that the card game. It's just very boring. It's basically you know that the AI is stupid, so you play defensively until they screw up, and then you're just like, all right, I win. I play this card. I I was really excited when that came out because that's the first one. First one, what? Yeah. You, you cut out what? for a second. You now. cut out. Oh, sorry. That was the first one in the series to have it. Almost positive, correct? The card uh, game? To have a card um, game? Yes. The first one. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it. When I, I mean, obviously now it's, you could figure out ways like you're talking about gimmicking it, but I was really excited to see it and I was, I was hoping they would do more. Yeah. <laughs> you would? Oh, is this still cutting out really cutting bad? Out yeah, it's bad, cutting yeah. out like yeah. the I've I, I heard Blake cut out a few times. I'm like, ah, oh, shit. Um, I said I was hoping that they would do more with it throughout the series to make like a really solid one. Yeah, and then nine came along, and I guess nobody likes nine's card game. Yeah, it was it was okay. okay. That game like was really good. Like a step though. down from eight, but yeah. I'll, I'll take a bad card game for a good game versus a bad game with a good card with a decent card game. A decent card game, <laughs> yeah, yeah. God, yes. Uh, so I mean, eight's story, everything about eight so far is just not good for me. 
it's like uh, the draw and junction system are interesting ideas. Junction is, uh, is an idea that I don't think I'll ever get behind. A draw could be done in a way that would be kind of cool. Uh, the story, the plot so far has been bad. The characters have been terrible. None of them are likable. <laughs> I The game is still... I'm on disc two, and the game is still doing fucking tutorials. <laughs> wow. And the, tutor the tutorials are all over the place early on on disc one. Like, for the first half of disc one, I would say that you run into a tutorial every, like, 30 minutes or something. It's terrible. Damn. Luckily, you can skip most of the tutorials. The one that I found on disc two, it's not done in the usual tutorial box. So it's not something you can skip very quickly. You have to go through every dialogue box that pops up for it. <laughs> oh, I I man. Say, I think I got to the very beginning of this, too. And I just... The story was just so fucking awful. It so, all right, here's how all. Disc 1 concludes. To give it, to explain part of why I hate so much about this game. Disc 2 comes up, and there's this evil sorceress, and you're trying to kill her. Your job is to assassinate her. So you split into two teams. One team goes and rides up this clock tower thing, and uh, that's where your sniper is. Team, The other team is a group of kids that are supposed to go and close the gate to... Like as she as she passes under this bridge like area, she, they're going to throw a lever that closes a gate. There are literally three of these idiots here, and all they need is one person to throw this lever. The kids leave. Yeah, this is supposed to this is to trap her, and so the kids leave because one of them is like, "Man, I feel really bad that I yelled at our other friend that's sitting back <laughs> at her house right now." Yeah. And so they leave the lever, and they're like, "Well, we'll be able to make it back in time." All three of them leave. For some reason, they get to the house where their other friend is supposed to be. She has left the room, and when they walk into the room, the door locks behind them. Bum, bum, bum. Oh, oh man. Oh, well. uh, so the girl, the other girl that you went there to apologize to, Renoa, has left the room, and she is off to give the witch, the sorceress that you're trying to kill, a bracelet that will weaken her powers. So to do this, she sneaks up the back of the building the sorceress is in walks in some back door and is speaking to the sorceress from behind her back and is like, hey, I brought you a present. Somehow this character thinks that the witch, the sorceress, isn't going to find this fucking suspicious at all. Then, <laughs> the sniper... Oh, God. Who, who's right, known for being an amazing sniper. Who's known for being such a great sniper, the best shot ever of all time in all the world... 10 out of 10, 100 out of 100. He has quickscope. He has quickscope achievement. Like, he's that good. <laughs> you, you meet him, and he's the best ever. And so you bring him up here. And now, here's a plot spoiler for later in the game. Uh -oh. All of your characters grew up together, and the sorceress that you're trying to kill ran the orphanage that you were raised at. <sighs> Man, that... Thanks I'm to the chills use right now. I'm getting this, chills. Thanks to the use of the summons in this game... AK in this game they're called guardian forces the oh, guardian yeah. forces cause your soldiers cause soldiers aka your characters to lose their memories the sharpshooter <laughs> doesn't lose his memories i think it's because I, that he hasn't been using guardian forces that's their their reasoning for it so when he meets you guys he recognizes all of you and knows that you guys grew up together what does he do about it he okay. doesn't fucking say anything <laughs> So then the sorceress that he's supposed to assassinate 
his reason he 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 chickens out when he goes to shoot her. Does he say that he's chickening out because that's his mother figure in his life? No. The stupid bastard just says, oh, this always happens to me. I always chicken out. <laughs> Best sniper world. Best sniper world. Oh. Wow. Yeah, I was... Uh, like, I if was they little... had made it... like The biggest problem with this game's story is probably Irvine, honestly. The fact that, he, for one, he's supposed to be the best sniper, and then he's a big baby about the whole thing. But the bigger problem is that he recognizes all you guys, and then he doesn't say anything about it. He recognizes your... All, your mother figure for all of your characters that grew up together, and he doesn't say anything about it. That's not his motivation for not shooting her. That should have come up right then, but he doesn't mention it because shit to your writing. The game is so, so bad. Ah, oh, I'm so glad to hear this. Is it as bad oh, as Kingdom Hearts? Man. It's worse. Whew. Yeah, I would say it's worse. King, King, Kingdom Hearts, is, to me, is, is still more enjoyable than this. Like, I didn't enjoy my last playthrough of Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, moderately okay at times. Uh, that's perfect. Yep. All right. Agree. I will probably rant about Final Fantasy VIII more on the next podcast because I'll I'm enjoying this. By then. I'm really enjoying um, this. Actually, it's funny you bring up Kingdom Hearts because the beginning of Final Fantasy VIII is really bad about dragging on and on and on as well. Oh, really? <laughs> it goes on yeah, forever. There is literally one part of combat for probably the first two to three hours of gameplay. Uh, Which is such uh, a turnoff for me. Like that, uh, it, uh, Unless the story is like engrossing, you have to throw you, so they have to throw you right into combat. They have to in order to keep it enticing. Um, oh, I was going to say, if it, I, know there, I know somebody's probably going to write in and say this game like last because remember that? <laughs> You're cutting out super hard. Oh, again, come on! Hold on, let me close some other... Jesus <laughs> let me, Christ. Let me close them. Um, what I was saying is, uh, last time when we did... Uh, when I talked about Final Fantasy VIII and I, I bagged on it so hard, um, somebody wrote in and said, you know, this is one of my favorite games, blah, blah, blah. blah. If anybody is going to write in about it, please let us know like what it is about this game that, that makes it so good. To yeah, I, I, yeah. There's nothing I redeeming to me on this game. Ooh discussion on it i'm open to other ideas on yeah. it i can see some things about it that could potentially be pretty cool yeah. but like so far oh god i forgot okay so the other thing that happens <laughs> at the end of this one uh i i'm very happy that this happens but then i'm very sad that he survives uh because <laughs> your assassination attempt on the sorceress fails she makes a gigantic chunk of ice and chucks it through the main character's chest like, this thing is huge. It's probably six, uh, like, 12-inch diameter or something. Ew. Maybe All right, maybe not that big, but, uh, like, six-inch plus diameter. Uh, if, if I'm remembering those right. Is diameter uh, the halfway through the that middle? Radius is halfway. Is that yeah. radius? Then what's diameter? Is that all the way? That's all the way. Yep. Okay. Uh, yeah, somewhere around six-inch diameter. Good. All right, I'm glad I was right. So this is a big ass ass she chucks it through his fucking chest. This thing is huge, and it pierces his chest, comes out the other side. It's going to destroy most of his organs, not to mention it hits right where his heart is supposed to be. So how how does he survive? (laughs) Also, all right, so here's one of the things that I like the idea of what they did in this game, and I'm going to have to talk about Final Fantasy VII a bit to make my point about this. So in Final Fantasy VII, on this playthrough, Cloud does not have much of a character going through the game. It's not until... 
uh, late disc two yeah. and disc three stuff where Cloud's character actually starts to come out. The coma and yeah. then just a lot of the moments around there actually give him a lot of character. Before then, for the most part of the game, he just walks around and shrugs at people while they yep. tell him to go do stuff. <laughs> that it's is actually correct. Point. Yeah, that's a good point. That's funny. <laughs> it's actually very frustrating because, like, man, Cloud's cool, but at the same time, some bitch doesn't have much of a character. And I always try to pay attention to him on my playthroughs because everyone's like, oh, he's so emo. And it's like, no, he's actually, he's not emo. He's just not much of no, anything. They're really. thinking of yeah, he's kind of lost in the world. Yeah. Yeah, he's super so. emo. Good lord. <laughs> yeah, in Kingdom Hearts, he's really emo. In Advent Children, which I haven't seen, he's apparently very emo there as well. But uh, everywhere else, no. Yeah, not no. in Final in Fantasy seven, VII. he's fine. People, are, people say that shit all the time. And I'm like, no, you're actually a moron. I don't know what your point is. He's just not emo in the game. Play through it again. Pay attention to him, and you'll yeah, see that it's just. He's not just much lost. There. He's just lost for the first two and a half. Days. So yeah, and that's like if they had made that come across better, that would have been really cool for his character of like some inner monologue to show the player what's going through his head of like what kind of problems he's having instead of two or three moments where he's asleep, and then yeah. he hears a voice in his head. With that's the all he music. Gets. Yeah. Oh, such so. They, good music. so I think what's happened, what happened with Square was that in Final Fantasy VIII, what they do is they give, um, they give Squall tons of inner monologue all the time. <laughs> Instead of just having a dialogue option where you say whatever screen, whatever text pops up on the screen, everything he says, like all of the choices for dialogue for him, are presented in parenthetical statements. And what that means is that those are the thoughts going through his head. So you pick choice A that says. I want to I want to tell this person off. And so instead of you telling the person, I'm going to tell you off, what he does is he goes into a big spiel about why they're such a dumbass, basically. And they do this over and over and over with his choices and with his dialogue. So even if there's not a choice that you're making, what they do is they show you everything that's going on in his head at the moment before he opens his mouth. The problem is Squall is one of the worst, most boring, annoying dickhead characters ever. So very, I don't want to know what's going on in his. Mm -hmm. I want to distance myself from this insufferable jackass. But instead, they're like, no, look at his head. This, oh, it's so anime. <laughs> it really feels very anime-esque, the way that the whole cast is done. It's very teenage angsty. You're in this character's head who's going through all these problems. He, oh, man, I hate this. I hate that. Blah, blah, blah. Squall, I don't care about you. And they forced the uh, villainry with his with his friend. I like the idea of the inner monologue, but not for this game at all. Who's what's the character that they kind of force a villainry with? Oh, Cipher. Cipher. Yeah. yeah, they kind of force that down their throat. And then they, the thing that I was so frustrated by was the love story between him and and Renoa. As I heard to say her name. Yeah. And it was so. it was it was like. Ugh! Like it was just not there, and they just it's like, so kept bad. And it's like it. she's in love with him, and he's just like such a distant he's asshole. Too the whole cool. game. Yeah, he's too cool. Yeah, for yeah. Ugh! Fucking cringe factor nine thousand. All right, well, Blake, thank you for the rundown on the Final Fantasy franchise. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, there's more to come. Like I've said a few times, I'm doing the count up, and I've got the whole rest of the series to play through still. <laughs> All right, and you know, I actually want to check something really quick. Hold on, uh, thirteen. 
I want to know when 13 came out because I think I actually get to talk about that on the podcast. Yeah, I was actually checking the dates. There's a lot of games coming up. That no, it was, was okay. Like, it was just announced. No, it was announced about 10 years ago. Yeah, okay, it, but it's only six years old, so yeah. I won't talk about that one. There's a lot of games coming up in the next two, three years, though, that I'm really excited about. Yeah. Yeah, like No Man's yeah. Sky? <laughs> no, nobody plays that game, sorry. <laughs> oh, no Man's Sky. <laughs> No man's buy. That's good. I haven't heard that yet. Holy <laughs> shit. We were doing it. Me and Blake were coming up with those on a stream one day. Oh, God. Yours were so bad. <laughs> oh, that poor game. That The poor consumer base. I'm so glad that I pre-ordered it and then I on Oh, PC, you pre-ordered it? Yeah, I pre-ordered it about a week or a week and a half before it came out. And then I watched uh, watched some people play the PS4 version, which came out a few days before the PC version. And I was like, yeah, this is the disappointment I was originally expecting. I'm going to go ahead and get this refunded now. That was a good call, I think, probably. Yeah, very, very good call. Jay, you or me up next? Oh, no. Hey, uh, Blake, uh, can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yes. Um, I want to ask, what um, if you had to do a quick quick uh, numerical rating of music for the series, the Final Fantasy you played so far? What would you put them as? Oh shit! Uh, six number one, seven number two. Um, oh man! I don't remember eight's call. music. Was it good at all? I actually don't remember at all. It's actually uh, yes and no. Okay. There's a lot of points where the game just goes completely silent, and that's another thing that's pissing me off about eight. Uh, I forgot about that until you mentioned music. Uh, but when it does have music, it's usually pretty good. There are very few times. There's been one song in the game so far that annoyed the crap out of me, and it's because it was basically two beats repeated <laughs> over and over and over and over. I don't remember anything. I don't remember combat music. I don't remember cutscene music. I don't remember anything. That's My favorite sad. Final Fantasy song is. Was that from Final Fantasy? I don't recognize it. Final Fantasy Chrono Trigger. Here, here's one of the better songs in the game. Uh, you'll probably, you might recognize it. It's uh, it's Laguna's theme. It's pretty good. Like it up. No, I am. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's funny because I'm watching a sword swallower while this music's playing, and it's pretty. Cool. <laughs> it goes really well. With it, it goes perfectly. Yeah. Wait, hold on. All of a sudden, there's tons of static over your voice, Blake. Um. And hold on. What did you change? Wait, hold on. Jay, you say something. <laughs> say talk, talk like. <laughs> bananas. It's doing it for you too. This is the same thing it was doing the last time. Ripe bananas, Robert. Go bananas. Go go. You ready? Bananas. Uh, Alright, so are we recording again? Yes. Okay. There's like one song in the game that's really bad because it's two it's like two notes repeated over and over and over. And it's the only sound you hear for ten or twenty minutes. (laughs) Oh man. Drove me crazy. Anyway, Final Fantasy VIII. Uh like we said, if you like Final Fantasy VIII, I legitimately 
not like not like facetiously, not ironically. I want to hear from you. I want to know the things that you like about it. Hit us up. Robert, tell them the email. Mail so at classicgamingpodcast.com. It's a little email address we got. <laughs> Why are you trying to be suave about that? Like you're hitting <laughs> on our readers. You know, we got this little email address. No big deal. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, Jay. You want me to go or do you want to go? No, I'll go. I'll go next. Because I already already, already pulled up all the Wikipedias and stuff. Okay. So for this... Yeah, right. For this week, I played an R-Type. Not Gradius. Gradius? 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 Gradius, yeah. Gradius. There are other R-Types? Yeah. You played a a shmup is what you're saying. What is a shmup? Uh, Like side-scrolling shoot-em-up. Yeah. But it's not an R-Type game. Okay. I said uh, sorry. I thought R type was the genre. I didn't realize no, R type no. is a is an actual. Game. Oh, I, I know it's an actual game. I thought that was. Oh, anyways, regardless, um, I played a game by the name of Salamander, um, but it's in America. It was called Life Force. Um, like we were talking about, it's a side scroller, uh, plane type game, similar to uh, what was that one I played on the NES, Robert? What we always talk about. Are you talking about or Super Nintendo? Are you talking about UN Squadron? Yeah. UN Squadron. Thank you. Yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah. So, I... So it's not, like, I, futuristic. I, it's, like, modern... It's, like, supposed to be, like, modern-day type? No, no, it's 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 space. It's absolutely space. Oh, okay, it's it's very okay. sci-fi, but, I mean, just a similar gameplay. Sorry, is what I meant okay. with that. Um, so this is for... You know, regular Nintendo came out in 1986 for arcade and then came out for NES. Oh, this in... was regular Nintendo? Yeah, regular okay. Nintendo. Okay. Uh, looks like late 80s, early 90s for the NES... And this game, I, I, I don't know if you guys have ever seen this game before. This game has amazing reviews. And I can say it, it's a really, really good game. Um, kind of going off what Blake was just talking about with music. This game has amazing music. Like, for, for NES quality, it, the music is, is great. It's fantastic. The tracks, um, obviously, are on repeat, but they, it's not super noticeable. It, it, it doesn't stick out in your mind at what point. Or, or is it, is it you know, going back to the beginning? Is it, is it resetting? It's just all around good music. Each level has a different uh, music theme to it, and the levels are visually different enough that, and the music goes with it, that it's just, it's great. I mean, it, it, I was really, really impressed for for a regular Nintendo game to have music of this quality. I remember the box um, art for this game. Let me see, I pulled it up here. Oh yeah, it just has a big ass, looks like snake or sal- yeah, probably yeah. salamander on it. That would make sense. Oh, and this is made by Konami, by the way. I didn't say that. Okay. Um, but, uh, so the overall gameplay, you obviously, you're, you're, controlling a plane um you the first level you are moving uh the screen is moving to the right so the entire time it's moving to the right the second level it's moving all up and down and what i read is it kind of alternates each level um either going left and right or up and down uh which i thought was crazy because you know most of the time those kind of games usually stick to one or at least in my experience they stick to one type of direction yeah one or the other Mm-hmm. Um, so you obviously are you know pretty much one hit and you're dead unless you have a lot of shields and you take something very very low. Uh, but it had a really unique sort of upgrade system. And the way it works is you obviously kill things and they drop these little orbs. And when you collect the orbs, it at the bottom left you have these little six little blue segments of a bar, and each one represents a different upgrade uh, from speed to like miss- missiles to options. Um, and every time you get one of these, it upgrades that one and moves to the next one. So it kind of does like a tier system. So you'll upgrade one of them. It'll go to the next one, upgrade that one, go to the next one, upgrade that one. And then when it gets to the end, it resets back to the beginning. So the you can't max one uh, stat necessarily. You, you Basically, it'll keep them even the entire time. 
which I thought was really cool. And, and you know, kind of as you're going, you're, you're getting faster. Um, you're getting more auto abilities where your ship's just kind of destroying things around you, similar to other uh, games like this. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, when you die, it is unbelievably hard to come back in. And um, there's a couple reasons for this. So the upgrades, in particular, the speed one, is really, really useful. It allows you to move very quickly, obviously. Um, but it, when, when you lose that speed upgrade and you respawn, you're not... Um, you have to readapt to your speed again, and it's such a drastic difference that it almost makes it impossible to come back into the game because there's so much shit going on, oh, and wow. it, it makes it really hard to get caught back up. When you die and respawn, you can pick up some of your upgrades. Uh, I don't know how many it is, but you can only get a certain amount of them. And so uh, in my experience so far, if you lose, if you get hit once, the game's sort of kind of over. Even though you have a couple lives, it's just so hard to kind of claw your way back in unless you get most of your upgrades back from your body, yeah, yeah. and then you're able to kind of to, to readjust. Uh, the visualizations of this game are freaking phenomenal. It, they, it was so cool. The first level is kind of like this mystic sci-fi. Everything kind of looks like this brain material on the edges of the map on the top of the bottom. And then the boss is a brain. It's literally a, just a giant brain with hands. And it has these really awkward hands that don't really go with its body necessarily. <laughs> and it just flies around and tries to grope you. And you have to kind of dodge it and, and hit it. <laughs> and it, it doesn't have very much health. It's pretty easy if you are able to get to this to get to the boss without um, too much trouble. Um, and then you move on to the next level. And the second, the next level, like I was talking about, is vertical. So the first level is horizontal. The second level is vertical. And you're just kind of doing the same deal. You're you know, kind of crushing things through. There are so many cool visualizations that try to hit you. And there's like a lot of areas. Like there will be these alternating blocks um, that take up uh, about half of the screen. And you kind of have to dodge them. So you have to time your, your movements correctly. And it's just... It's, it's a blast when you kind of get the hang of it. And in your head, you're, you're kind of tracking at what point are they going to turn you know, green light, red light uh, type deal. Um, I got to the second boss and I could not, I, I beat it, but I stopped at that point because um, kind of one of my biggest complaints, which I'll, I'll talk about in a few minutes. Uh, the second boss was um, kind of just this spaceship and it has these almost like um, flails on its edges that are just kind of spinning and they try and hit you with it. He moves around uh, kind of similar to the arms and the brains. There's just more of them, but the boss is really easy. And the reason is, is because there's, the game cannot handle everything that's on the screen, so it starts to lag up and slow down, which makes it really, really easy to avoid the mechanics of the boss. And it kind of it was it was a big turnoff. And I, I read online, I was like, oh, the game that I have, and pretty much people said this is a very common issue um, that when the, when there's a lot going on on the screen, that the game starts to lag up, and oh, yeah. it makes it really, really easy on a lot of the boss fights. So I was I was pretty disappointed by that. Um, but the uniqueness of the level was great. Uh, the music was fantastic. Visualizations were, were pretty darn cool. Um, I watched a video of some guy playing through it after I stopped just to kind of see the rest of the levels. And the levels weren't ever, all the way unique. The first level was this brain type thing. The second level was this kind of sci-fi space look station looking thing. I think the third level was complete fire. There's just fire everywhere. And it, it was just, I don't know. I, I was really impressed by this game. Um, I still like UN Squadron better just because uh, of playing it when I was a kid, but I think this is overall a better quality game. You think this is better? Um, I think this is a better quality game. Wow. I just like UN Squadron because it has kind of a has like a sentimental meaning uh, to me, if right. you will. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think, there's anything else that was that really kind of stuck out with it. Um, I kind of talked about how punishing it is when you die. Um, the multiplayer is pretty cool I, I didn't do it i read about it um essentially you, you you're co-op and you can kind of select who gets upgrades and, and you know strategize based on that um i heard the game's not as punishing when you're playing with two people 
because um, I guess that you have some more continues and more lives, I guess. Probably, and, probably causes and when, extra slowdown. Yeah, that too. And the other thing is when, when one of your partners dies, you can grab all their upgrades just so they go, don't go to waste and stuff. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Um, a lot of people did say this was a um, a knockoff of uh, Gradius, more or less, is, is what was what I was reading. A lot of people said it's it's kind of a knockoff, um, sort of like you know 1.5, if you will, of of the original uh, Gradius. Mm, okay. Um, I think there's anything else. No, so that's pretty, pretty much everything. That's a, that's that's more positive than I expected. Yeah, I I, I like this kind of game. This gameplay, it I enjoy it quite a bit. Um, it's fun when you just kind of want to sit down and, and just kind. Of completely sucked into something out because obviously there's no story right so the gameplay itself is just yeah. so engrossing because you're so focused on it's it's how i imagine blake is with a lot of uh, the games that he plays at like a really high skill cap it, it just kind of engrosses you in in what's going on you're trying to memorize what's 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 going to happen and how to collect your upgrades and you know I, it, it it is very very engrossing and yeah, it's all around a pretty enjoyable experience nice yeah good times cool. that's a good one all right we're ready for we're ready to move on. Yeah. All right. So a couple months, about I guess maybe two or so months ago, if you remember, I was talking about that I was going to get a new console soon. Yeah. And I was kind of undecided between Sega CD and I think it was like an Atari Jaguar and something else. And uh, I was kind of leaning more towards Sega CD. Everybody okay. who wrote in told me go for the Sega CD. So guess what I bought. Not a Sega CD. I bought a Sega. I, I, I oh, did, did you? I did. Wow. And Blake, do you remember what I said the first game that I would play would be if I bought a Sega CD? I do, which oh, is man. why I was looking forward to this. <laughs> brought it up. You want to say it? Night Trap. <laughs> Night Trap. I was not allowed. Oh, no. This box oh, art. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, God. So... I wasn't allowed to buy Night Trap when I was little and, and owned a Sega CD. And and really at the time, like, I was kind of interested in it, but I wasn't, like, dying to play it or anything. <laughs> uh, but but it became a very controversial game. And we'll talk about that a little bit more later. But Night Trap, when it came out, stirred up a whole lot of controversy. controversy. And so I was not allowed to get it when I was little. And I never ended up playing it until now. So the premise of so of course as I said it's this is a Sega CD game it came out in 1992 I believe yeah ni- 1992 and this is a the 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 whole game it's full it's live action full motion video so just like you know mo- or a lot of Sega CD games were it's like you know live actors doing this or that and then they tie in gameplay in one way or another to the to the live action that's acted out so you are a member of a team. Out of all the names they could have possibly come up with, you're called your team is called SCAT. <laughs> which stands for Sega Control Attack Team. So you're oh my a God, <laughs> So you're a SCAT member. And uh, what's going on is so there's there's like a there's a brief little intro at the beginning or you know, a couple minutes intro at the, when you first launch the game. Of course, in you know full motion acted just like the just like the entire game is, where there where you're like in a, a van parked outside of the house and there's this the sort of like military like guy like talking to you and giving you instructions and stuff. What's going on is 
you're monitoring this house where some teenagers, where a group of teenagers who were visiting, uh, disappeared the previous weekend. And they've gotten word that there are more teenagers coming to spend the night tonight. And it's up to you to watch over them, make sure nothing happens to them, and uh, capture any bad guys that come and try to harm these teenagers. Oh my God. Uh, they, yeah. they had one of their scat troopers. <laughs> are you a scat man, Robert? No, Just don't scat. lie. Uh, now I am. <laughs> <very>. <laughs> They, uh, so, but the night before they had one of their scat guys sneak into the house to check it out, just to, just to kind of get an idea of the layout of the house. When he was there, he discovered that the house is filled with booby traps all over the place. Trap doors, trap floors, trap this and that, uh, as well as hidden cameras Oh, all over the place. So he hacked into their system. You've got control of all of the hidden cameras and all of the booby traps. So what you're doing during the game and what the guy tells you you're going to be doing is you're going to be watching all the cameras. Uh, when you see, if, if you see like bad guys are coming in to try to harm the teenagers that are spending the night there, it's teenage girls, of course, that are spending the night there. Of course. Then, of course. Then, of course. then it's up to you. <laughs> then it's your job to trigger the traps to catch the bad guys before they can, before they can do anything bad, before they can hurt people. So he's giving you this intro and then he, and then he tells you all this and then he's like, and then he goes, if you can't handle this, hand the controller off to somebody who can. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, I'm like, all right, I'm ready to go. Let's do this. Did you bring your daughter in? <laughs> I'm like, all right, let's do this. And then he goes, let's go. You're wasting time. And I'm like, yeah, I'm ready. Let's go. And then he goes, well, if you're not up to it, then you're off the team. And then it was game over. What? <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Oh, the you hell? suck, Robert. <laughs> I fucking told. Damn. This guy really does know you. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, you're supposed to hit start, like, right, like, in the middle of... So, it of, gives you a game over? Yeah, it gives you, a ga- like, an actual game over. By the way, anytime you get a game over, you have to watch the credits of the game. Oh! Uh, or get up and reset it, of course. So, you That's get a game just, over. Oh, you're supposed God. to hit start during the cutscene... After, Obviously. like, immediately after he's done giving you the instructions. And that's why I was like, if you can't handle this, get somebody who can. That's, that's like him telling you to, like, hit start, basically. So, I got game over on my first try. <laughs> well, I got game over on all my tries. But, got game over very quickly on my first try. And then the next time, I hit start when he was done giving me the instructions. And then I got to actually play the game. So, the way the gameplay works, it's, so it's, the, it's the beginning of the night. There's obviously a family who lives in this house. They have a daughter and a son. Uh, and the son has one of his friends over and the daughter has like five of her, you know, teenage girlfriends coming over to spend the night or whatever. And, if, and obviously you're expecting bad guys to come again and try to, to do whatever they did last time, which is why you're there in the first place. Uh, so there's cameras on eight areas of the house. So you're looking at the screen. And, like, the main part of the screen shows you what's happening, like, on whatever camera you have it on. And then, like, below that, there are eight little icons. Oh, shit. I'm looking at screenshots of this game, by the way. This is hilarious. Okay, yeah. So, so beneath, like, the main view of the screen, there's eight little icons that each, that each represent a, uh, a different room in the house. 
and you can like you know navigate to a different room use, just using the d-pad and then press a or whatever to switch cameras okay pretty you know simple enough sure. you pick which room you want to look at if you want to change rooms look at a different room you hit a to get that video feed there's also a meter and if you're on a if you're watching a room and you see a bat and you see bad guys walking through then the meter will start to go up and that means they're getting really close to a trap and if the meter gets up to red then you hit uh, b i think and then the trap catches the bad guys you activate your trap card is what yeah. you're telling me <laughs> you activate your trap card you act- yeah yeah you activate the trap and it traps the bad guys. And this can be any, like, sometimes it's like, like opens us like, sometimes it's like usually really like cliche stuff. Like, like a bookcase will turn around and trap them behind a wall or like a wall will open up and like something will like shove them into it. Or like a trap door will open up beneath the floor uh, and they'll fall into it. There's one where like the stair, they're like walking down the staircase and you hit the button and like the stairs turn into like a, a ramp. Yeah, and and there's a hole beneath this, like right at the bottom of the oh, stairs, and they like so go cute. sliding down it into the hole in the bottom. And somehow all of this commotion is going on without anybody in the house hearing anything or like <laughs> getting suspicious about it. The best one is one of the cameras is outside the house, and uh, at one point or at a couple points, you'll see guys walking on the roof, and when you hit that trap, it just <laughs> launches them off the roof. <laughs> they go flying. So the other uh, the 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 other game mechanic is that's in play is that there is a color code, and it's, and you can adjust the color code by pressing like C at any time. There's like five different colors that you can cycle through. It's like red, purple, green, orange, yellow, or something like that. You have to have it. So uh, their their security system is at any given time set to one specific color code. So you have you have to be on the right color code to be able to activate the traps. If the color code is on green but you but yours is turned on to red, if you try to activate a trap, nothing will happen. The way you know what color code you're supposed to be on is by listening to dialogue uh, of like the, the 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 people who live in the house. They'll be like, "Oh man, something's going on weird," or you know, like, you know, I've got a bad feeling about you know whatever. Like, let's let's change the color code just to be safe. We're gonna change it to red. And then you you have to be listening to that conversation and you have to catch that conversation and then you'll hear them say that and then switch your color code to red so that the traps will keep will still work when you're trying to activate them. So while you're playing, you're constantly flipping around from room to room, basically as fast as you can, because there's eight rooms. So you're anytime you're watching one room, there are seven different rooms that anything that can, can be happening in. So you're like frantically moving around from room to room, uh, switching like as fast as you can. And what also makes it tough is that like sometimes you'll be in a room and it'll like take a couple seconds before something happens. But you're trying to go as fast as you can, obviously, because you don't want to miss anything. You don't want to miss a bad guy in a room that you got to catch. Don't want to miss a thing. <laughs> you don't want to miss a bad guy. You don't want to miss uh, something happening you know, with, with the color code. You don't want to like, and sometimes, you know, there's a little bit of a story that plays out. Sometimes you just want to like, actually kind of like see what's, what's playing out story wise. So, uh, you're flipping around room to room, like frantically the whole time the game will beep if a new bad guy enters. So, you know, you at least like are given a clue that a new bad guy has entered the house and it keeps track of like how many bad guys have come and how many you've caught. Um, but again, while you're doing this, there's the story playing out with the characters you're protecting. And you're trying to catch dialogue to listen for the color code changes. And it's all, hap- it's all happening in real time. 
So like if you go to one room and you're uh, and you're just like it's like the girls like playing around singing a song or something like that, there might be uh, a bad guy in another room at the same time. At any given time, there could be like two or three things going on all at once. So maybe there's that happening, and then maybe like the parents are talking about changing the color code, and then maybe there's a bad guy also. So if you're like listening to the parents talk and you cut back to like try to catch a bad guy real quick, maybe you think there's a bad guy in another room or you're just checking real fast and you go back to the parents, it doesn't like pick up where you left off. It picks up in real time. So they may have said, Oh, I'm going to change the color to red, but you missed it because you're trying to catch fucking bad guys. So is it repetitive each time? So if you play the game, does the same stuff? happen? Yeah, it does. Everything does happen in the same order every time. Okay. So it's a matter of learning the, the, well, it's, it's, Yes, but it's kind of too long to reasonably expect oh, wow. somebody to memorize the game. The game is two discs. Oh, jeez. Well, I don't know what that means for Sega well, CD. Well, that, oh, that's a good point. I think a regular... I, I wa- so, I watched a full playthrough of, through of it, and I think a full playthrough is like 35 or 40 minutes. So, oh, that's, okay. that's not crazy, obviously, but it's a lot of memorization if you're trying to memorize sure. where all the bad guys are, when, you know... Where, when they say the color changes and all that, I guess of course, I guess you could memorize the color changes just themselves at the different sure. timestamps. Because you, you don't want to do that. You yeah, yeah, you shouldn't that. have to do that. But yeah, right. that that would if you're gonna do memorization, the thing would the best way to go about that would be to memorize what time the color changes, so that way you don't you that's like at least one less thing that you have to try to keep track of. So it's kind of is it like basically fucking impossible because. You know, you're 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 listening to the parents. You're like, should I go check uh, like other rooms and try to catch a bad guy, or do I need to stay here right now? Because maybe they're gonna say that they're gonna change the color code. You just don't know. So like most of my games would like the game ends at a certain point if you like miss so many guys, so many bad guys. Mine usually ended like I would have gotten I would have caught like eight out of like thirty five bad guys <laughs> that had oh, gotten wow. into the house. And then they'd be like, then like, you know, the, the head guy of the operation would admonish me for doing so terribly and then game over. And I would have to watch the entire credits roll. Uh, the, so like it, the, the game mechanics, I, I, they're actually kind of unique and sort of, I, I like them for that, but they just implemented them in the most impossible way imaginable pretty much. Um, all of the acting and the writing is pretty bad. So, th- so the controversy of this game was that at the time people were saying like, "Oh, it's way too voyeur." Like this is a vo- like this game yeah, is I w- about voyeurism. Yeah, I was looking at screenshots of it. Okay. And because you know, basically, you're watching a group of you know supposedly teenage girls uh, just you know have That's like nice. a sleepover. Nothing like sexual and or provocative. Just in just in just about any way happens. There was one scene. Uh, there's there's one death scene. So it actually, if if a bad guy catches somebody, it, it does show like them them killing the person. Basically, wow. they're like like without really getting into the story, there's vampirism involved. I saw that. Okay, I was looking at this. And the the bad guys are not exactly vampires, but they sort of are. And so they're trying to get the blood of whoever it is that they capture. And they have these big, like, <laughs> these big, like, poles that they, like, stick up to the person's neck. And it, like, captures them and holds them in place, like, and sucks their blood at the same time. So the one scene 
that that stirred up i think the most controversy along aside from it just being seen as voyeuristic in general and, and kind of violent was there's one where a girl you're, you're watching like one of the bedrooms or like a, a bathroom or something and there's a girl in the bathroom and you're basically she's looking in the mirror and your base the hidden camera is basically like on the other side of the mirror so you're looking at her and she's wearing like a nightgown and like getting all ready for bed or whatever and then oh, I like where this is going. Like, <laughs> and then, but one of the bad guys is, is hidden in the shower behind her. And she's like, and she hears something. And of course, like classic, like B movie horror. Ah! She's, no, she's like, Oh, stop playing jokes on me, Sandy. Or, you know, whoever, whatever name she is. And then the guy comes out and, you know, sticks a thing up to her neck and sucks her blood out while she's screaming. Uh, or whatever. I'm sorry. Phrasing. 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 <laughs> she sticks what up to her neck again? <laughs> The, the thing. Oh, the thing. And then he's the case. Roger. Yeah, I've done that role play before, too. Right, yeah. <laughs> We've all been there. And so, like, that's as extreme as it gets. It's really pretty tame compared to, like, a lot of stuff nowadays. I can yeah. see why there were concerns about, like, the voyeuristic aspects of it. But really, it was all blown way out of proportion. That one particular scene, that was actually the first death scene that, that I uh, got in the game. Was it graphic? Like, at all? V- slightly. Okay. It's, the, Would you the, let your daughter watch it? Like, like No, I wouldn't let her watch it. Okay. It's, it's, I'd say it's a little bit too scary for like, a, for, like, a young kid. But it's really not too bad. It's, like, the, 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 I think it's, like, the combination of the screaming and these weird guys with this weird tool, like, wrapped around her neck like with a needle in her neck like sucking her blood out and you can see the blood coming Jesus. out it's not Sounds really don't for me <laughs> it's really not too bad but no definitely i wouldn't it's, it's definitely not for little kids like i will say okay. that for sure it's not a game that you would should let your kids play but at the same time it's definitely not worthy of like basically outrage res- yeah, of, of outrage exactly being in the news uh, pretty much like being the cause of the ESRB rating system. Oh, shit. oh really? Yeah, pretty much. Um, th- like this and a couple of this and a handful of other games really contributed to that coming into place. This was a really big deal at the time. Uh, this game actually they had to censor that scene out, and they came out with like a censored version that didn't that. Ba- I, if I may be wrong in this, but my understanding is they came out with a censored version that that had that one particular scene removed. The rest of the scenes where you're like watching the teenage girls, it's like all of them doing like really lame stuff, like singing songs. Like there's this one like really, really cringy part where this one girl's like, she like turns on the stereo and she like starts singing along and she, and she like, she's like pretending to be playing guitar along with it. And all the other girls are like laughing at her. They're like, Oh yeah, go. And they're like thinking it's hilarious. And it's also like eighties too, even though this came out in the early nineties, like Everything looks so 80s. It's like really, really funny and lame. And how weird did your wife think? Did your wife watch you play? No, this she hasn't. Really? She didn't see any of okay. it. Okay, I was really curious if she thought you were like the weirdest. I played it when she was asleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you trap your wife? <laughs> I t- no, I, t- I tied her up and forced her to watch me play this game. Whoa, uh, Robert. <laughs> so the acting Robert's and the, the writing big- is all pretty bad. Uh, oh, oh, and during that scene where the girl is like, they're playing around and she's singing a song, she's singing the Night Trap theme song. Oh my God, and that's like, oh my they God. Like play, they play it off as if it's like a pop song or something. 
And then like she's saying, and then like it's every once in a while, it's like night trap. So it's got its own theme song. And, uh, the game was fun as hell to experience, but just because it's so ridiculous. It's like one of those. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. It's one of those. I, I, I think that pretty much says, says it all. Like I had to play it because just to, just to see, like I, I, I knew it was not going to be as bad as everybody, like as the media made it out to be back at the time, but I still had to see it for myself. Yeah. It was pretty ridiculous. And, and as far as just, you know, purely from a uh, non-historical perspective, the gameplay is pretty unreasonable. Uh, you don't really have a fair chance to play through the game and beat the whole thing. Cause Again, like 40 minutes of not missing a significant number of bad guys when you can only be watching one room out of eight at any given time. It's, it's, it's pretty ridiculous. Yep. That's to be expected for that time. That's the unfortunate thing. But I'm very happy. to justify it. I'm very happy to have played it. I'm glad. That's funny as hell. Yeah, it's pretty funny. I'm proud of my achievement of getting like 15 minutes through a couple times and then giving up. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> actually i mean i probably got more like 11 or 12 minutes through so uh so there's night trap for you i promised and i delivered good job thanks for that <laughs> you're welcome all right top threes we all hear all right so we're doing top three game creators because i couldn't think of a better term we are doing individual people rather than companies. So our top three favorite people who make games uh, or who made classic games. What order we want to go in? Why don't we let Jago first? Sure. Since because I'm going to be the useless. Is that, is that what you're implying? Well, no, because you've got you got that little Ooh, shot of, fired by Jago. I've got the little what, sir? You got the little problem where you get sad if somebody else says your game Dude, first. Dude, I don't have a problem. Yes, you Go do. Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> All right. Um, so number three. Uh, so I'm assuming you guys aren't going to know who most of these people are, so I'm assuming we're going to give pretty good breakdowns of, of who, each, who each person is. Yes. Sure. Okay. So number three is a guy by the name of Rob Pardo. Um I should recognize that game. Did he do something on PC? He did a lot of things on PC. So okay. he worked for he worked for Blizzard. Um, his notable game achievements are StarCraft, the original one, Diablo 2, Warcraft 3, and WoW. What, what, what did so, he do? Uh, he like, was the vice president of game design for Blizzard Entertainment. Okay, so he was like a designer in general. Yeah. Okay. So um, from what I was reading, a lot of people say that a lot of these, a lot of the titles that he probably not be in the same at the same quality that they were um if he was not a part of them uh let's see if there's anything else uh, yeah no that's pretty much everything okay okay good good one all right uh, i'll go what, i'll go next or? i'll go i'll go a second okay my number three is john carmack basically I saw so, that on the list so yeah, he's if you're not familiar with who John Carmack is, he was really the head or him and John Romero were the two people responsible for games like Doom and like Quake. They were the guys behind id Software and id Software, software did a lot of what made PC gaming the thing back then. Yeah. Jo- they kind of uh, defined the genres that they worked on. They sort of 
evolved into John Romero was more of the game designer, whereas John Carmack was always... I mean, they both they both were programmers, but the way their roles sort of evolved, John Romero eventually sort of like leaned more toward game design, whereas John Carmack was always ve- like very much the technical guy. And he made a lot of technical breakthroughs, figuring out how to do things better with computers, like how to do lighting and how to do like three, like, you know, how to make a game like a first person shooter be three dimensional. He made the first smoothly side scrolling computer game. Nobody like could figure out a way to make that happen on a PC before he figured it out. Wow. And even and that, that, that was with commander keen that he did that. And, uh, and he, and even still, you know, he's working on, he's, he's been one of the, head tech guys on the uh, on the Oculus Rift. He's always been like he's he's always been again like a very big technical innovator trying to figure out like new and better ways to make things happen using a computer and and I really respect that. So just That's for, really cool. Yeah. Yeah, for Holy all the shit. for all the technical accomplishments that he's uh that he's responsible for. I got Are you planning him. to buy the new Oculus Rift the one the No, the I don't I don't, I don't think so. I don't think I'm going to get it. I any, I've any heard way. really really good things about it. Most of the people that I know that uh, a, lot, a lot of my friends bought it when it initially came out and had a lot of issues with it. Mm-hmm. Um specifically technically and then they also had motion sickness issues. Uh-huh. They repurchased the new one, which I think was I think my friend said was about six hundred dollars, and he said he's loved it so far. He set a virtual desktop, so he can basically play any game that he has on his PC with it, and he said it's hmm. pretty cool so far. Nice. I'm gonna try it here in the next couple months. Next time I go to his house, but yeah, yeah, I've heard plenty of good stuff. Um, I'm just not really interested in it myself. I'm, I'm curious. I mean, more so. I'm, I'm not like you know think about buying one and you know doing, but I'm, I mean new technology. It's you know. Oh yeah, I mean I would definitely give it. I would definitely give one a try if. Uh, you know, if I knew somebody who had one. Oh, listen here, Robert T. Moneybags. <laughs> Just get some of Blake's Twitch money. You'll be good. Oh, yeah. I'm <laughs> making bank, baby. Does anybody stream uh, VR stuff? Uh, quite a few people so. do it sometimes, yeah. No one that I personally know of has made it huge off of it yet, though. Okay. Do they show Blake, them? Uh, so? I, oh, Surf Scoots has actually done a few VR streams. Oh, has Does he really? really? <laughs> yeah. FPSs or? Um, no, some other stuff. Okay. It's like specifically uh, VR games, I think. Oh, okay, okay. So yeah. actual VR titles, not the virtual desktop stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, Blake. What's your number three? All right, my number three is one that I actually found pretty shortly before the podcast. But uh, when I saw this guy's work, uh, the kind of titles he had worked on, I was pretty sold. Uh, he's Tokuro Fujiwara. And he was the director and producer on quite a few Konami and Capcom titles. Which, the reason that he's lower on this low on my list is because I don't know what exactly those roles typically are going to entail. Like, director, you're pretty much overseeing everything. Producer is always really wishy-washy, though. Uh, so he has worked on Demon's Crest, Mega Man's uh, 2 through 7, Breath of Fire 1 and 2, Bionic Commando... Uh, the Ghouls and Ghosts series, including Super Ghouls and Ghosts, uh, DuckTales on Nintendo, Strider, and Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Dude! This, like, he worked on a ton of stuff, and I had never heard his name until like, I was going through some of my game lists, and I was like, hey, Demon's Crest, I wonder who worked on that? And I saw his name there, and I clicked it. This <laughs> guy has worked on tons of great titles. Nice. I found a lot of people in the same kind of boat where I was like, oh, 
Yeah. Sick. All right, Jay, number two. So, Blake, I think you've mentioned this gentleman's name before. Uh, can we... You recognize <laughs> the name? Uh, you cut out right as you said the oh, name. What was it? Sorry. Uh, Koichi Ishii. That's how you pronounce it. I'm going to copy paste um, it. I don't recognize it. It sounds like you're pronouncing it correctly, yeah, but I don't okay. recognize the name. Yeah, it looks right. So this gentleman is uh, known specifically for rejuvenating the Mana series. Apparently, Square Enix had ah. a lot of trouble with it, and he was the one who basically brought it back and sold the idea back to them and pushed it out. Um, specifically, the reason that I wanted to put him on my list is because he was the one who created Chocobos and Moogles for the Final Fantasy series. Really? Yeah, that's what he's credited for. I was like, oh, I didn't know one person like you know was kind of like, yeah. And he has a funny thing. It was that dude, yeah. Yeah, here's the photo, which is pretty fucking funny. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, what the fuck have you done with my creation? Yeah, right. Uh, Oh, notable games, by the way. Uh, Final Fantasy 1 through 3, Secret of Legend of Mana. Keep cutting out. Secret of of Mana. Why am I I don't get it. Why does it happen? That's the list. Final Fantasy Adventure, Secret of Mana, Sagan Densetsu 3, Legend of Mana, Final Fantasy 11. And Final Fantasy nice. 1 through 3. Are, and he was the uh, producer, produced and directed numerous big titles. So, kind of all over the place, it seems like. Cool. Koichi Ishii. Yep. Alright, my number two. He also did a little bit of work with Konami. Huh. <laughs> you can probably guess. Yeah. I wonder who this could be. I thought this was going to be an honorable mention. I didn't... No, this is good. This is my number two. Hideo Kojima. No, I don't want it to be. <laughs> Anybody could have seen this one coming. Yeah, uh, I mean, sure. what is you know? So, if you if you somehow don't know and have been listening to this podcast, he is the director of the Metal Gear of the Metal Gear uh, series. And now the owner of his own company, right? Well, no, he's well. He runs the uh, he runs Kojima Productions, which is owned by Sony. Okay. But anyway, particularly with, I mean, it starts all the way back, obviously, with the first Metal Gear, but really what he's most famous for as a uh, game director is the Metal Gear Solid series, starting with Metal Gear Solid 1, going up, you know, obviously through uh, 5. And just, just the crazy, like, the thing, like, just the crazy, weird, goofy but still awesome aesthetics he adds to all those games. Uh, he Like, nobody... Like, his games are very, very unique in a way that... Like, in a different way that other people make their games unique. It's not necessarily the gameplay. Like, the gameplay is good. But just all, like... He adds tons of goofy stuff that somehow c- comes across in a meaningful way still. And you can take seriously to, to some little bit of an extent. And uh, he does, in my mind, what makes him so fun, what makes his game so fun is that even though like they have all these really like stupid, funny, weird touches, they all come off as cool at the same time. And that's a really, really hard thing to pull off. And I think, I think that kind of gets down to what I like about the Metal Gear Solid games so much, is that even at the same time that they're doing, like, dumbass shit that you're, like, laughing at and being just like, what the hell, they're also really cool. So that's, that's, that's why I like Hideo Kojima so much. Along with a lot of other people. Yeah. But mostly him. <laughs> yeah, right. 
There you go. Are you proud of me? I only I kept it to like two minutes. Oh, wasn't bad. All right, Blake. Quite surprised, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Yeah, Blake, Blake was like, oh, I'm going to go get food and go yeah. get shaved <laughs> and go stream for a bit. Shaving a haircut, <laughs> two bits, man. <laughs> all right, what you got for us? Uh, yeah. All right, my number two. Um, God, this is a really, really tough list. Uh, all right, let me reorganize these really quick. I just have them all written down right now. Okay, and my number two is going to be someone who's overall I'm not like a huge fan of. I'm personally not a huge fan of what they've done. Uh, there is one series that I love, but overall, uh, it's mostly because other people think it's great, and I kind of agree given what they've worked on. Uh, I'm gonna go with Amy Hennig, one of the few, uh, not nearly well enough known, I would say, female video game workers. Who uh, the reason I know her and like her so much is because of her work on Legacy of Kane, like <laughs> Legacy of Kane series. Uh, for the most part, she's like a writer and director for these. I believe usually it's a lot of her writing, and I love the Legacy of Kane series writing. Uh, she's also worked on Uncharted and oh, wow. Jack Dexter. Oh, I did see her. I saw her on the list. Yeah, yeah I do remember oh, that. Yeah. She has done a lot of great work, a lot of very celebrated work, and cool. deservedly so. Uncharted, really not my bag, but I can see what people would love about it. And a movie. Uh, yeah, could have been a movie. No, they are making a movie. Oh, they are. Wait, huh? Almost positive. Uh, they are. I've heard that there's rumors that I've it's heard that they were thinking about it. Uh, but I hadn't heard that it. No, was No, they are. It's supposed to be 2017. They apparently huh. cut it. Uh, let's see. I'm pretty sure, at least, yeah, because I remember seeing the, the date got pushed back on it and people were really pissed off about it. <laughs> of course. Right. Oh, uh, yeah, her writing in these games is fantastic. Jack and Daxter is probably a funny game to a lot of people. <laughs> uh, I'm a big f- I, I haven't really played them, so I don't care that much about them. Uncharted, I've played a bit. I like what I've seen of the story. I can't get behind the gameplay, though. They're very linear. And- yeah, it, well, not just that, just meh gameplay. Especially the first game. It's apparently better if you play the next ones, but I don't care. Jack and Dexter oh. are, are not bad games at all. I watched my, I grew up watching my younger brother play. Big yeah. fan of them. And uh, they seem like pretty cool games. I mean, they're kind of a platformer style, but with some unique elements to them. Yeah, they seem okay. I don't hate them. I just don't yeah. care about them, basically. Uh, and yeah, her work on Legacy of Kain. If you like, uh, if you can deal with a game that doesn't have very good gameplay, but it's it's at least you know there, I guess. Are we back uh, to Legacy Fantasy of again? Just <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, no Legacy. The whole Legacy of Kain series pretty much falls into that category. Fucking amazing games, great storytelling, great voice acting, and for that, she gets a spot on my list. Cool. Nice. All right, uh, Jay, number one. Number one. Who's the best person ever? This is, is very personal to me. Um, so he is one of the founders of Westwood Studios. Um, his name is Lewis Castle. Uh, Westwood Studios is known specifically for the Command & Conquer series, which is a really, really popular one. Well, I believe they're still making titles today uh, of the Command & Conquer series. Um, this game, this series got me into RTSs. Uh, these were, came out, I think the first one came out in 95 and it was a blast to play and Westwood studios in general, uh, very similar to bullfrog in my mind, made a lot of really, really cool titles that I played growing up a lot. 
Um, so specifically, he's known for California Games, which I think is that arcade bundle. If you guys remember that, the what? You guys know what I'm talking bundle. about? There was like, no. um, it was at like arcades. Let me let's see if it. Hold on one sec. Sorry, I was actually really curious about this. California Love. <laughs> I came on Pandora this week, funny enough. Oh no, huh. this is not the game I thought it was. Oh no, it is. <laughs> yes, yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. Sorry. The, fir no, the first picture was a bunch of chicks in bikinis, and I was like. Oh, okay. So I, I I know of this. I, I remember seeing it. Um, it had it had a bunch of different like mini games, if you will, like summer and winter type games, like surfing and skateboarding. And it was it was really a pretty fun arcade game. I remember people playing it. Was Anyways, this also on Nintendo? Maybe. I, I let me see. Back up. I feel like a game very much like what you just described came out on. Nintendo. Uh, yeah, NES. Yep. Okay. So. Uh, but more specifically, he founded West Studios, which made the Command and Conquer series, which for me, my interest in RTSs, which, you know, StarCraft, obviously, and any other really, really good RTS, uh, from then on really caught my interest. So I would love to thank this guy for, for creating such a fun series. Command and Conquer, not really amazing anymore, but for the time, they were great games. Music was fun and just, yeah, great series. Cool. All right, my number one... You probably guess if you're familiar with his name, Ron Gilbert. Do you want me to say it? <laughs> yeah, you can say it. I, I came across. I was like, oh. Tim Schafer. Ron Gilbert. Damn it! All right. Yeah. Uh, so Ron Gilbert is one of the people behind uh, Maniac Mansion, the Monkey Island series, and a lot of other point-and-click adventure games, and he moved on to. Make some other stuff later on, and now he and he's still working on games. He's as we've you've probably heard us talk about before. He's working on Thimbleweed Park currently, which is uh, another point-and-click adventure game, just like the old ones that he used to make at LucasArts. And the reason I like Ron Gilbert so much is not just that he helped make some of my very favorite games ever, but he's incredibly talented and he's multi-talented he is a programmer a game designer and a game writer and he does all of those things very well he's he can write very funny he's a very funny person he's a very witty guy he writes really funny games he can write really funny dialogue he can design games very very well and he can program games very very well he can do it all himself he created the scum engine which was used to uh, which was used on pretty much all of LucasArts point-and-click adventure games, uh, starting with Maniac Mansion and then moving forward. And that was a huge deal because that basically defined the adventure game genre. We, if if you're if you haven't listened to a lot of the episodes of this uh, of our podcast, we actually got a chance to or I got a chance to interview him yeah, on episode right. 26, where we were talking about Thimbleweed Park actually, which I'm super excited about. It's supposed to come out. Uh, I was just going to ask you early, a CT on that. I think it's early to mid next year. Something like that. Something along those lines. But anyway, Ron Gilbert can do it all. And January does it all very, very well. It's January? So four months. Yep. Okay. Man, and, the, uh, and so that game, obviously I was really excited for it. You know, just once, I, you know, the very first time I heard about it, I was like, oh shit, I'm in. But then like... They've come out with a few trailers since then, and every time I see a trailer, like I get even more excited. Like this game looks like it's seriously going to be awesome. 
So there, there you go. Ron Gilbert, number one, like cool. no, no doubt about Solid it. Solid choice. Yeah, yeah. I, I knew. I mean, we kind of knew coming into this. But yeah. Regardless, absolute deserves it. All right, Blake. My number one. Probably saw it coming pretty easily as well. Uh, if you're familiar with me, you'll know what I was going to put here, yeah. or at least have an idea of it. I'm going to go with Yasumi Matsuno, uh-huh. the man behind a lot of games that I loved growing up, including Final Fantasy Tactics, of course. Yep. Uh, and wor- he also worked on, he was basically the lead behind all of these games. Uh, Ogre Battle, March of the Black Queen on the Super Nintendo. Uh, Tactics Ogre, which was the uh, predecessors in a way to Final Fantasy Tactics. Uh, he also worked on Vagrant Story. And while Final Fantasy XII didn't turn out the, that great, I really appreciate what he was going to do with it. And uh, I especially like, I actually enjoy the international version that's going to get a re release here very soon uh, in early 2017 on PS4 that I recommend someone picking up if they have a PS4. Yeah, I, I assumed it was going to be on one of our two lists. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It had to be. We knew it was going to happen. Everybody listening knew it was going to happen. I've got a bunch of uh, honorable mentions, too. Well, all right, I've got two, aside from all of the obvious ones. So I guess we never really talked about this. Yeah. Uh, we have some... We, we all decided to skip on the obvious choices. Sure. Things like um, Iwata and yep. uh, Miyamoto and uh, Sakaguchi. First two worked for Nintendo, did a bunch of work for Nintendo, and Sakaguchi, of course, the father of Final Fantasy, who went on to Mistwalker, where they've produced at least one game that I really like. Um, honorable mentions, I I was surprised, um, Robert, well, I guess not surprised. Um, two people, um, Peter Molyneux, uh, specifically for me because of, of Bullfrog and what Bullfrog accomplished, and what Lionhead, Lionhead Studios accomplished as well. Uh, Bullfrog made numerous titles that I hold very dear to me. And the other one was Gabe Newell for, I mean, all of the stuff that he's done with Steam, or with Valve, sorry. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> well, okay, okay, regardless of my feelings towards I mean, I still got to, you know, it's still incredibly impressive what they have done over the years. There's no doubt in my mind. Like, Yeah, I don't know if they even make games anymore. I think they're just, uh, yeah. just a platform for releasing games, pretty much. More or less. Sad days. Half-Life 3? I would say uh, Sid Meier. Yeah, I came across that as well. For of course, behind the uh, Civilization games, you could you can make an argument for Will Wright as well, behind many like Sim this Sim. Uh, I don't know exactly which Sim games, but many of the Sim like uh, not not just not just simulation games in general, like the actual Sim City and the Sims, <laughs> the Sims and stuff like that. I was looking uh, at the guy who came up with all the Unfortunately, he was also games. behind, huh? I was looking at the guy who came up with all the, ty- the tycoon guy, like, you know, Roller Course Tycoon, all the tycoon type games. And that was pretty interesting. It's always interesting to see, like, the kind of people behind sort of these, you know, these um, series. Yeah, yeah. Good list. Well, I didn't do my honorable mentions. Oh, I oh right. Okay, oh, I thought you did. Good. I thought that was. No, 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 no. No, those were the three that were like, yeah, we're not going to put those on our list. Um, so my two honorable mentions are Iga, the man behind the Castlevania remakes the metroidvanias and masahiro masahiro sakurai who created kirby and then he went on oh, to shit. of course make kirby superstar and he is also the man behind the super smash series hmm. oh damn 
All right. Good lists, everybody. Dope lists, everybody. Yeah. What are we doing next time? Oh, um... I don't know. You're not actually asking me. I'm asking both of y'all. Yeah, because uh, that's going to go well, Robert. How many times have we done this? <laughs> We've been here before, Robert. You yeah, know better. I know, I know. Do you want to go through the emails and see if there's any solid ideas? Uh, sure. Yeah, pro- yeah I, don't know if, I don't know if there's going to be, but we can move on to okay. emails and figure this out later. Watch it, Robert, and be like, and we have no emails! <laughs> Piece of shit. Now, moving on to emails. We got three emails this time. How about that? Nice. Thank We're you. starting to Thank ramp up a little bit. We're getting there. Our first one comes from Scott. Chase the Night Cleaner. Oh, no, sorry. No, Chase the Night Cleaner is coming up. Don't worry. First, we got one from Scott. Um, Scott says, hello. First off, your show is awesome. Scott said, this is a new, uh, we haven't had any emails from him. This is a oh, new okay. writer. Welcome, welcome. Yeah. First off, your show is awesome. I listen to it every day while I'm out running. You guys always keep me entertained and always deliver great memories and laughs. I have a question. Thanks, Scott. I, ha- I have a question about playing old school console games. Actual cartridges, not ROMs. Can you tell me what consoles you guys oh. recommend now? The Retron 5, the Retron 3, or something else? I'd really like to play all the great NES, SNES, and Genesis games I did when I was a kid again. Oof. Thanks, and keep up the great work, Scott. You guys have a lot more experience with this than I do, I think. Because I just ROM everything, so... Yeah, I don't know, but I've I never... ROM most things, too. So. Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't realize that. I thought you got some of them as well. Yeah, but like... The, a few, I... but, like, not enough, I don't feel okay. like. I don't know if we really have much advice for you, Scott, because... I've never used any of the Retrons. They've, they seem all right. I've heard, I've heard, I don't have any firsthand experience. I've heard mixed things about them, uh, but they seem to be all right. If you want, you know, a fairly quick and easy way to play uh, cartridges from a number of consoles, I think it's probably a, a safe shot to, to get to go for one of the Retrons. If you've been if if you've listened to the podcast much, you you probably know I just straight up like to buy the original consoles. I just like having those. I think they look cool. They're fun to own. So that's what I do. I buy a Nintendo, buy a Super Nintendo, buy a Sega CD, and play on that for you know a year. And then you know a year later, you know get a you know Super Nintendo on eBay for like fifty bucks. They're not very expensive. Play that for a little while you know, a year or so get, get, get some fun out of that and then move on to something else. That's kind of what I've been doing for the past couple of years. Uh, typically for me, it's been about one retro console per year, kind of since we've been, uh, doing this podcast. That's the best advice I have is just go for the originals. Cause re- usually you can get them for, you know, unless it's something, unless it's something obscure, you can get them for pretty, pretty reasonable prices. But yeah, I, and um, I'm curious. Is there if, if Scott is uh, Scott? If you have a particular um, why you're wait, wanting you could, to use you could out again. Oh, God, I'm sorry. I, I'm trying to mess with my sense mic because I don't want the background noise to pick it up. I was yeah. just curious why he wants to use the Retron over over um, either using using ROMs or um, buying them. Obviously, buying them in most cases is pretty pricey if he's going to play a lot of titles. But ROMing in general is pretty simplistic. Did he did he say that? I just didn't hear it. Um, is there a reason why he doesn't want to? Yeah, ROM? he didn't say why. He just said okay. uh, he just. He doesn't. He doesn't want ROMs. He wants to play the actual cartridges. Okay. Roger. But yeah, I would recommend just just buying the consoles because they're fun to have and and they 
have most of them hold up pretty well. So, uh, and you know, they're not going to give you little weird technical problems that you, that you might encounter with the Retron. But again, Retron may be just fine for like a big all-in-one type of solution. By the way, before I forget, um, I was I was on Reddit the other day and I found. Yes. You fat. Oh my god! Why does he keep doing this? Hold on, let me mess with it. No. Uh, I was reading about why Super Nintendos turn yellow after a certain period. Oh, of time. I saw that I, too. Oh, yeah. Did you? I was yeah. gonna. I was gonna tell you. I, I yeah. assume because. I, yes. I was like, did it cut out again? Yes. Oh my god! It's so fucking frustrating. Uh, let's see. This. Sure anyway, ba- yeah, I read the article, and so. basically my eyes glazed over, and the conclusion was, like, the plastic so, is made out no, of it's something. No, it's something with the, the flame retardant mixture, yeah. Something, something to do with the flame retardant mixture that they used on the plastic was, they apparently, people assume that they didn't do it right, and that that's what causes the miscoloring over time. Yeah. So. Huh. All right, next email from Jonathan, who wrote in. Hey, me. He wrote in last week. Uh, Blake, Jonathan wrote in last week for the first time. And he binge listened to 30 episodes in 30 days. The first Jesus. 30 episodes, Blake. The first 30 episodes. <laughs> you poor and he bastard. stuck around. And he stuck around. Like, that's an achievement on its own. Can we get, like, a, a clapping noise from Blake? <laughs> Wait, that, is, that sounds like you guys are actually clapping. Yeah, that's what. That's it. Okay. Good clap. Yeah. I've got two hands. I figured it would be pretty easy to two? make a clap sound. Yeah. I have three. Uh, anyway... Jonathan, I'm gonna to try to. I'm Way gonna to try rub to, it in my face. I'm gonna try oh, to. Say, <laughs> I'm gonna to try to say this. I'm gonna see if I can get the intonation right on this. The subject of his email is. What's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? What's in the fucking box? I watched The Departed this week. I was I was going through some of the old movies. I was looking at that. What's, what's in the, the box? box? I was looking at The Departed. What's in the fucking box? <laughs> Uh, Jonathan says, all right, gentlemen, it has been approximately 19 days since my last email and I've knocked out another 24 episodes. Jesus. <laughs> Holy shit. And an iTunes review? What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he did, yeah, he did, he did leave an iTunes review. Oh, okay. Uh, at, at this point, I am considering a rehabilitation clinic as I clearly have a problem. <laughs> Very clearly, yes, I'd say, Jonathan. Seeing as how there are only eight episodes remaining, I'm preparing myself for some oh. serious withdrawals. <laughs> I hate that when you binge watch a show and then you come to the end. It's like you lost somebody. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It has remained fun listening to how your lives have unfolded over the past few years and how you've That's cultivated true. your friendships. It's also great listening to other gamers who write in and offer their insight. I'm actually very interested in the Retro Duo Portable now. I'm not very fi- familiar with ROMs or how they work, but that sounds like a great solution to a lot of the gems I've missed over the years. One achievement I'm particularly fond of was when my brother and I beat Chrono Trigger enough times to have all characters maxed out at level 99 on the SNES cartridge. Dude, oh my god. Intense. That is very intense. I've reminisced so much listening on and on. For starters... I remember Blake talking about a storm that knocked out some of the power in his house and how he felt like he was trapped in the primitive times. <laughs> and then another Those were rep- bad days. That was a days-long power outage. Oh, yeah, I kind of remember that. Yeah, yeah, I do too. And then another episode, Robert talks about how shitty the lighting for the GBA is. This all takes me back to a oh, yeah. summer I spent in Tampa, Florida. I learned a valuable lesson after a storm called 
divorce struck. Oh, I, I was like, oh, yeah, I was, I was, like, I was, like, I was like, wait, what? I was like, they call this. Story. Oh, I like the double reaction. Oh. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Sorry to hear about that, Jonathan. So I learned a valuable lesson after a storm called divorce struck me. Always keep the electric bill in your name. I recall oh, I recall ooh. coping with this scenario by spending my nights with a battery-operated Game Boy device and Pokemon Green. Oh, my. At least you have... That, that's not bad to be with. Like, oh, that's not... At that's least not you the worst had your case. Pokemon Green. You could have been with Night Trap. <laughs> <laughs> I used... <laughs> I used a light that straps onto your head like construction workers use and played to my heart. Dude, my you got to do some crazy shit to play Game Boy games sometimes. So, yeah, yeah those screens were really bad. I remember I held a flashlight or I had somebody hold a flashlight sometimes. Yeah. That's funny. Aside from no AC and cold showers, it was kind of a fun experience, like camping every night in your house for four months. Oh, my Jesus. Damn, Jonathan. That's impressive. Haha, ha, it sounds silly sharing this. <laughs> but you be- <laughs> At least you can laugh about it now. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds silly sharing this, but you've each shared so much from your life, so there it is. That is pretty intense, man. Yeah, I'm sorry that you had to go through that. Level. It's also been great listening to you guys give each other so much shit. Yeah. <laughs> So I thought I'd join the fray. Uh oh, here it goes. Oh no. Uh oh. I believe Link's it was. getting it first. Calling it. <laughs> I believe it was episode thirty-eight when Robert reviewed a Star Wars game. Now Jay had called him out on his prolific use of the word "like" before, but I never truly noticed it until then. I heard him say it so many times that I rewound the podcast. And, oh no! And oh, started counting. <laughs> And started oh counting how many you times. Absolute madman. How many times he mentioned it? Yeah, that's a madman. So really, so he's listened to twenty-four episodes in the past nineteen days, and one of them twice. Maybe anyway. it was just the one twenty-four times. Maybe that's what he did. <laughs> <laughs> I made sure not to count if he mentioned that he liked something, but of the one hundred and one times oh. that he what? said the word Christ. Oh my god. It was used as some sort of description. Holy shit. 101. We have to have a talk, Robert. We're going to have to have an intervention like now. <laughs> like now. <laughs> I like that. That was good. Now, let's be fair. Talking about a subject is not an easy oh. task, especially when you're trying to relate it to something others can understand. But I still thought it was funny. Another trend was Jay's response to Robert any time that Metal Gear Solid would be brought oh, yeah. up. <laughs> Had to kill yourself. Oh God was the general reaction. <laughs> and for a while it happened at least four times an episode. Because <laughs> I just don't know what to say. Like I'm just like, ugh. If you're just tuning in This shit again. <laughs> if you're uh. just tuning in, Blay and Jake are currently recalling their love for the Metal Gear Solid franchise. A first-person side-scrolling shoot-'em-up that features a point-and-click adventure with in-depth <laughs> RPG platforming elements. Holy shit! I yeah. remember we we made that string. I remember that. Haha! <laughs> uh, <laughs> ha, just kidding. All right, back. I love how much people give you shit, but like, I feel like I sh- like I feel like I feel like Blake's probably the least the 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 worst target. I feel like you and I are are about tied though. It's so funny how much I think more so people too. give you shit though. It's because I do. it's because I don't really give you that much shit. I just I'm just like whatever. 
<laughs> but then I get called out on my shit. Fucking hilarious, Robert. And then everybody's like, yeah. Everybody's, yeah, get Robert. <laughs> yeah, get him. They're right. He does talk about Metal Gear Solid a lot. <laughs> All right, last one. This one comes from Chase the Night Cleaner. Chase. Hello, Robert J. and Blake, I hope. Thank you, as always, for producing this not-too-shabby podcast. About hey, I'll, take I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. About games you love and love Yay, to hate. Yay, we're adequate. Subpar. <laughs> <laughs> about games you love and love to hate from days long past, and also for reading my now numerous emails. Got a baby Whoa. on the way. Whoa! Nice. Congratulations. Hey, congrats. congrats, man. And a wife in pre-labor. Oh, so like really on the way. Oh, yeah, I was going to say. That, yeah. that, not nine months from now, 19 minutes from now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like probably now by the time we he's record like, he's this. Like, I'm running this email next to my wife while she's giving birth. <laughs> At the end of the email, he's like, oh, the baby's head is very soft. <laughs> we, na- we named it Blake. <laughs> no, we named it Blake. Blake. Oh, God. <laughs> or maybe he's listening to the ep- he was listening to the episode where we were talking about uh, – Oh no, he's oh he's not the one binge listening. I was saying maybe he, he oh, was no. gonna name it like Zelda or something. Oh. But I can't help but shoot at least a short email your way. I am committed. That is, you are committed. <laughs> you, you, he's you, sitting there, honey. Hold the baby <laughs> off for just a few more minutes. I got <laughs> an email to write. Gotta write this fucking email. Hold on a second. Like now. <laughs> so the shit. baby's not going anywhere. Okay. I'm actually curious about the name of the child now <laughs> or what names you guys are going with. Yeah. I want to hear about that too. I don't think I haven't read this yet, but I don't know if he's going to say it. Uh, so just a question to get you guys really talking. Oh, and an offshoot of my question last podcast. So what is your favorite part about playing competitive multiplayer games and why also, how do you feel this aspect of play has changed for you over the decades since you started playing? Oh man, that's a that's a deep topic. That's not that, as bad. Yeah, that's not as the last one was a real doozy when he asked what it is we like about games. This one's a little bit easier than that. Um, I guess. Oh. <laughs> I mean, so so for multiplayer. So okay, so we're so we'll stick strictly to competitive multiplayer games, which is what he the wording he used because we could really go on forever if we don't narrow this down uh, i mean like for me if i i don't play too many competitive multiplayer games nowadays if i do it's pretty much overwatch and like i'll get a game in here every you know game of that in every now and then i don't even play that too much but when i when he mentioned when he mentions this what i immediately think of was when starcraft 2 first came out Mm, and like I could not stop playing the fucking game Uh, that competitive drive that itch oh yeah like I could not like I would play and I'd be like oh I'm like doing terrible I just gotta get better I gotta get better and I couldn't like stop playing because I felt like I like just had to keep getting better it's fun to me like just, just I mean like just for the same reason that anybody competes in anything competition is a fun thing it's fun to compete against other people to like, you know, see who's better at something to see how good you are Yep. Uh, to test yourself and then and to watch just, yourself progress. Yeah. That's, to watch yourself progress. Thing. I love then, getting better. I love watching yourself climb ladders and stuff. Uh huh. And to see how you are compared to other people. Any, I mean like, that's what makes like, you know, if you think about like, if you go back, you know, before video games, that's what games are. It's two people 
playing something usually against each other, trying to see who can do the best. That's just kind of human nature. That's just sort of a fun thing that humans like to do. I think that's that's kind of a cop out response, but that's really the best answer that I have. I, I, yeah, I mean, I, think I that, agree. That yeah, like, it. yeah, especially in the interest of not spending in forever on this. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Anything else? Is it, are we gonna kind of wrap it up on that? Or well, okay. So so okay. We'll we'll address this other second question then. How do you feel this aspect of play has changed? for us over the decades that we've been playing games. I think, I think people's skill caps have gre- greatly increased. I mean, yeah. I think yes. that's obvious as shit. I mean, people are getting so much better at games at a much faster rate. Uh, for me personally, what is cool, well, at least to see is when somebody gets good at one game, when they play another game that may not be the same genre, they get better at it faster because a lot of the skills are transferable. So I think people are getting better and better and better. And we're not even like, we're scratching the surface of how good people are going to get at video games in the next 20 years, maybe. Yeah, that, that's, go crazy. that's a good point. You do see people like getting like insane levels of skill at video mm-hmm. games, where it's like you know, to like you know the level of skill that I got to in StarCraft Two took me forever, mm-hmm. and like it was to where you know like if I played like if I were to play like you know one of my friends who's like a very casual gamer or something like that, I would be able to something easily. But then like I wasn't even close, like anywhere near. Like the best people, like at the time, who would play, you know, in tournaments and were on teams. Yeah, and you were, and you were, like multiple times better than I was, and then still not even you were even anywhere close to yeah. that level. Like it's just insane how good people get at games. I guess on a more personal level, the the thing about uh, the competitiveness in games that has changed the most is nowadays when you're playing a competitive multiplayer game. It's against people that you don't know. Whereas, of course, back in the day, it was somebody that yeah. was at your friend's Always house, the same people sitting yeah. next to to them on the couch. You were playing with your friends, uh, or siblings, where, yeah, or siblings or whatever. Whereas now, obviously, you can play with your friends, but there's much, 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 much more playing against you know randoms that you that you just don't know. Yeah. One one thing that is very cool too is is as I progressed throughout the years and got pretty damn good at certain games, it is really. A, it feels amazing the first time you play and beat somebody you have been following for a very long time. If there is somebody who is known for being, you know, amazing on ladder and you beat them, it is an amazing feeling. Like it's such an accomplishment. Like that to me is like one of my goals. Usually when I get start playing games at high school level, it's like, okay, I'm starting to play with all these people that are, you know, big time streamers, well-known names, and I'm actually beating them. I'm competing with them. It's like, it feels so cool. Uh-huh. It's just, it's just an amazing feeling. Yeah. Blake, anything to add? No, I think that really covers it. Yeah, we uh, seeing how good you are, testing yourself, and trying to get better, trying to grow is the summary for me. Reflecting, I love that. Laying in bed, you're like, oh, if I would have done this differently, it would have been. Why did I fuck this up? Why didn't I do this? I used to do Starcraft constantly. I would, I would just sit there in my head and just go, what did I do wrong this game? What did I do wrong this game? What did I do wrong this game? And then like the feeling, the feeling when you when you do better than somebody at something like. You know, even if you're playing like a hundred games and like you win fifty and the other person wins fifty, anytime you win, it's like awesome. That was cool. Like I out, I yeah. outwitted that person. I did, you know, I I did this this thing better than them. That's just again, I, that just kind of goes back to basic, you know, human nature of competition. Thugonomics. Yeah. Thugonomics. Thug life. Chase says specific, specifically for me, 
I've really enjoyed the rise of co-op games, but still love me a good challenge. When it comes to competition, I have always liked playing someone who is either close in ability to me or just a bit better because though victory was satisfying, I just liked a good back and forth game. Yeah, I agree with that. Completely destroying your opponent is never fun for me, nor do I particularly enjoy uh, getting outright ruined. I'll take a close game and a loss over an overwhelming win any day, something that hasn't changed since my old Street Fighter 2 days. Anyway, back to Baby Watch 2016. Maybe, oh, here we go. Maybe I'll name the boy Blay or Jake. <laughs> Maybe even Robert. <laughs> With a now question a mark. Funny joke. Keep up the great work, guys, and talk to you again soon. Chase the Night Cleaner. Thank you, Chase. Uh, I'm assuming you have a baby. Congrats at this on point. the baby. Congrats on the baby. Hope everything is going well and went well. No more classic games for him. Not for, no, not for a while. Um, and uh, yeah, hope hope the family is doing fantastic. That is it for emails. Oh, no suggestions for top threes. No, we didn't get any suggestions for top threes. We'll figure that out. Uh, well, fuck. Do we want to figure that out now or later? What do you guys? I do? say later. Later. All right, we'll do it yeah, later. I think so as well. We'll we'll, we'll throw it Maybe up. Throw on, out a tweet. We'll throw it up. Maybe on throw Twitter. out a tweet yeah. when we figure it out so that people can join in. Yes, we'll we'll tweet it out. Yeah. Uh, okay. Before we move on to the current gaming subcast, I got one thing real fast. Sure. I uh, there was a humble bundle. Well, actually, it's probably going on now still. This which uh, they have, it's a Sierra humble bundle. Yeah, it's still going on. Oh, nice. So you may be able to catch this. Let's see. It's got. Oh yeah, it's got plenty of days. It's got nine days left as of this recording. This humble bundle. Uh, I should have I should have included this in the news. At the uh, <laughs> at the pay what you want level, it's got the Space Quest Collection, Phantasmagoria One and Two, the Police Quest Collection, and then a game that I think is a newer game. I'm not familiar with it. It's called Shiftlings. Mm. Uh, then at the beat the average, which right now is twelve seventy six, you get Arcanum, Time Shift. Quest for Glory 1 through 5 and Gabriel Knight 1 through 3. Uh, pay 15 or more, you get Caesar 3 and 4, Geometry oh, Wars wow. 3, The King's Quest. Uh, yeah, The King's Quest Collection. Uh, all seven King's Quest games. Or it says include. Were there seven or eight King's Quest games? It says include seven games, so I don't know. Um, I think there were six originally, and now they're doing a kind of re-release. Well, that's a separate uh, one on here. Series. There were there were at least seven originally. I'm, really? Huh, yeah. Okay. So anyway, seven King's Quest games. I'm not sure if there were eight or if that or if they cut it off at seven. Uh, Velocity Two X. I'm not sure what that is, but that looks like a newer one. And then at twenty dollars or more, you get all that plus the new King's Quest uh, complete collection includes all five chapters plus the epilogue. So that's going on right now. Anyway, I bought the one dollar version to get uh, Phantasmagoria because I had that game when I was little and it freaked me out. And it's kind of it was a. Uh, it did some really intense stuff, and I. But it also was really super cheesy. So I was interested in maybe checking it out sometime in the possibly somewhat near future. So I paid one dollar for that. However, I already own the Police Quest Collection as well as the Space Quest Collection. So, uh, so we'll do a little contest to see who can write in an email to convince me uh, to give them 
uh, Space Quest or Police Quest. Whoever oh, writes, cool. huh? Whoever does it, iTunes review and writes to you. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> oh, <laughs> iTunes review will give you bonus points, but no, no, no. You don't have to write an iTunes <laughs> review. Just write an email, and it can be like silly or stupid or or just uh, a dick pic. Or <laughs> no, no, I don't want any of those. <laughs> it's going to you. And whoever can convince me to give them, uh, I'll give one person the Space Quest collection and one person the Police Quest collection. Whoever can convince specify me. specify which one you want if you can too. Just in yeah, case. yeah, yeah. If you have a, if you have a preference. Then, then throw yeah yeah tell me which one you want, and uh, whoever gives me the best reason to give them that I will uh, I'll give it to him. So that out of the way, we are on to the final stretch here, the current gaming subcast. What you guys? What are you playing, playing, Robert? You already know where we're going. Where are you playing? Yeah, okay, that's a good point. I already know where y'all are going. I've played two games. First one, Blake. I know you're a big fan of this game. Enter the Gungeon. Hey! Finally bought it. I don't know that I'd say big fan right now, but yeah. Okay, well, so I uh, I like this game, but I, I'm not liking it quite as much as I expected to. I think yeah. the the thing that gets me is, and part of this is probably just because I'm not that great at the game. Usually, I die like right around, like right before or after the <laughs> second boss. Yeah, that's the big brick wall for most people. Okay, and what's and, like, the game is fun and cool, but what I don't like about it is every time you start off, you start off with this same boring gun that shoots eight bullets, and you have to wait for it to reload, shoots eight bullets, wait for it to reload, and it gets really repetitive until you get to about the second level, and then you've got cool guns that you can do cool stuff with. But, like, the, the first, you know, like, anytime you restart a game, that first, really pretty much the first full level is always really kind of dull and repetitive and slow to me. That's that's my complaint well, about it. Well, the thing it. is, to really make it super far in that game, that kind of has to remain your go-to. Like, you have to rely on that weapon a lot for a very long time. Yeah, okay. Instead of using your other guns. You need to save your other guns, the ammo for them, for much longer, unfortunately. Gotcha. It's That's probably my biggest problem with it. That and the fact that it's just not... Um, is this a roguelike? Yeah, yeah. It, okay. I was about to say, actually. One of the things I don't like about it is that it's just not random enough. Hmm. It's, not, yeah, that's true. Yeah, It's yeah. very samey. Like, you don't get enough change in a lot of your builds a lot of the time. It's unfortunate. I like a lot of the stuff that the game does, but it just falls flat as well. Makes me sad. Yeah. You make me sad. I hope I do. You know what? Fuck you. <laughs> okay. The other one I played was The Vanishing of Ethan Carter, which, if you're not familiar with it, it's sort of like a uh, what, what, what a lot of people call walking simulators, where there's not a whole lot of gameplay. It's mostly you walking through uh, this environment and kind of just, like, looking around at things, and the story, story kind of plays out around you. You are this... It's kind of unclear... Uh, it's kind of like purposefully unclear at the beginning what exactly is going on, but all all you know is that you are some sort of uh, investigator who investigates like paranormal type things, and some kid has called on you for help, and you're you've you've gone you've you've arrived at his town and you're walking through the town and trying to find him, and lots of weird shit is going on. Um, there there are some very very minor well. There are some pretty minor puzzle elements to the game that you come across here and there. 
All of them are pretty quick and easy. Uh, the, the story is pretty cool. The gameplay is mostly what you would expect from a walking simulator. If you're into that kind of stuff, I, 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 I tend to like these games a good bit, especially if they have a good story. However, it's got a couple major problems. So I was playing this and I got to, so the first part you start off and you're in like a forest and you, every once in a while, like it's this trap will spring next to you. And then like you, it says like, if you walk up to it and look at it, then it says like press a, and you press a, and some like weird kind of visual stuff circles around the trap. Okay. Okay. Is this night trap again? (laughs) And and my response was sounding real familiar. (laughs) My response was exactly yours. Jay. I was like, okay. And then I walked around and explored a little more. And then another trap came up and it said, press A. And then like, and then the same thing happened. Like some weird kind of like visual effects surrounded the trap. I was like, all right. (laughs) I love Uh, how like, all right. (laughs) And then, uh, I kept going. And then like, you know, there's a lot of inner, inner monologue while you're playing the guy kind of talking to himself. Then you find little like notes here and there on the ground. And I played for like, maybe like 15 minutes or so. Okay. And then I got to this very minor puzzle where I had to push these buttons in a certain order. And then, uh, I guess I won't, th- this is, I, w- I won't consider this a spoiler cause it happens so early on in the game. But so you're in the woods and you come across this kind of electronic thing and you push these buttons. All of a sudden there's a spaceman like in the woods and you got to start <laughs> chasing him. And so I'm, <laughs> so I'm chasing the spaceman and you end up in this one place and something crazy happens. I won't, I won't spoil anything else. And then you're kind of back in the woods and then it says, uh, and then it lets you know that your game has been saved. Okay. And I was like, wait a minute. So like, they just now saved my game. Can I not save my game by myself? So I went and I went and like checked out the menu and any, and everything. You cannot manually save the game. Oh, there's mm. only points of where it, it only gets there. saves the game when you complete a puzzle. Oh Jesus! Okay, so not only that. So I so I kept playing for a little ways, and uh, I got to about 15 minutes later. I got to another puzzle. So this is about 30 minutes of gameplay, and I've had one save that was 15 minutes into the game. I come across the puzzle, and I can't quite figure it out. And I was also like not feeling very well. I was I was sick at the time that I was playing this game, so I was about to turn it off anyway. I was like, "Well, I mean, I guess I'm fucked. There's no way that I can uh, save my game because I'm I'm you know don't have the energy to figure out this puzzle right now." Right. Uh, so I was look I was like reading stuff to see like if if I just didn't know how to save the game and if that's really it. So first of all, that is true. You only sit. It will only save your game when you complete a puzzle. But not only that. I had passed by two puzzles that I did not even know were puzzles. What? And when you get to the very end of the game, if you didn't complete all the puzzles, then you have to backtrack all the way to all of the puzzles that you didn't Uh, complete. How far away is, say, the beginning of the game for that? It's like a two-hour long game. So it's two... No, like a walk. it's It's probably about... An hour, I would say. To walk back there? 
that's my uh, from what so I watched again. I watched a video of someone completing the game. I would say okay. if if you go back to the first puzzle that I missed, it's probably uh probably a thirty minute walk. All right, that's pretty bad still. <laughs> yeah, still yeah, that's pretty bad. Pretty bad, especially considering I didn't even know these things were puzzles. I was like, you see right. this weird stuff around you, and uh, you're like, okay, that's cool. This is like a clue for something, I guess. Okay. And no, it turns out like that was there was a puzzle there that you were supposed to figure out. Get pooped on. So yeah, exactly. That's exactly how I felt. So <clears throat> that's all I'll say about it. It's uh the story again. I watched a full playthrough of it. The story it was pretty cool, but the game design I have to say was is actually just outright terrible. Damn. On to you guys. I'm done. Like you want to start, and I'll I'll touch up anything you miss. Um, uh, I, I'm not I gonna go crazy, so uh, yeah. Like I don't have too much to say. I decided to get back into Legion at least for a little while. I've w- been watching way too many people play the game. It looks fun so far. It is pretty fun. They've c- done all sorts of new stuff. I have not been paying attention to the story at all. Wait, so this is the this is the World of Warcraft yeah. expansion. Yeah, yeah the World of Warcraft expansion just came out like what four days ago now. First. Okay, so yeah. Uh, man, it's not been out long at all. It's just that people have been talking about it for oh, so no, long, it feels even longer. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, they change a lot of stuff. I haven't played the game since Wrath of the Lich King, so there's even more, excuse me, even more stuff changed there for me. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was like, what was that, Three like eight years ago now, I think. Oh, I thought it was a lot more than that. No, well, they I mean, they do a new expansion every two or three years, so... Every Three years. expansions ago would be about six years, oh, okay, maybe okay. a little longer. Okay, that sounds about right. I think it's. I think it was longer. I think it was before I moved up to Denver. They're usually they're on track for about two years per expansion. Yeah. Right now. So I think it's been seven or eight years since I played, probably. Okay. Yeah. Anything to say about it, or? Well, I mean, I already said some of it. they've changed some of the gameplay. Like all the classes are very different now. They've streamlined a lot of stuff from back then. Instead of the big talent trees that they used to have, they have like a talent page where you spend one point for every fifteen levels. Uh, it's very different from what I'm used to. It's uh, it's fun so far. I don't know how long it's going to hold my interest. I, I don't think we'll it's going to hold everybody's interest for very too, very long. Usually, they spike up in the expansions. Yeah, uh, the game the game is definitely a lot. Um, it's a lot easier for people to get back into, um, which is it, it's pretty intimidating coming back after an extended period of time. But I think they did a good job of making it a lot easier for people and a lot more enjoyable for people who haven't played in a very long time to come back without being completely overwhelmed with so many different things going on. They did a lot of crunches with abilities. They simplified a lot of specs. They defined a lot of more stuff. And it seems good. It is fun. Uh, there's a shit ton of people playing. If you're considering on playing, play now. It, play while the game is hot. Don't wait till the game dies down. Definitely enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, play while so. it's new and fresh. Exactly. Sounds like good advice. Yep. Yeah, I've made that mistake. I'm like, oh, I'll wait to see if it sticks around, blah, 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 blah. No, yeah. don't do that. Don't <laughs> do that. Very bad. Very bad idea. All right. I think that's a wrap. I, I, I want to say this is probably one of our best episodes. This was such a smooth episode. I feel like everything this was, was really, really good. Over. Yeah. I really enjoyed this. Cool. Yeah, I think it went pretty well, too. Uh, shoot us an email mail at classicgamingpodcast.com convince me why I should give you the police quest or space quest series Uh, or just tell us whatever whatever, talk about whatever or like I said dick pic to Robert no 
The bigger the better. If it has an attachment, I'm not going to look at the attachment. Oh my God, Robert! Robert, <laughs> speaking of attachments, so uh, I, I was off Thursday and Friday this week at work, but uh, on Tuesday I got an email from somebody internally, and it looked really fishy. And there was an attachment that was unknown, and they didn't say anything in the message. So I just I sent it to our IT team. I was like, Hey, this came through. Just to make you guys aware. I didn't open it. Blah 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 blah. Well, apparently it didn't go to just me because our entire system got coded by a virus that renamed all our files to, um, you know, it, just, it was a virus. Oh, and so they, 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 had to do, they had to do a jump back. They fixed it, blah, blah, blah. Next day, the same email comes through. I send them an email. I'm like, hey, you guys, just so you're aware, email came through again. Here's what it was, blah, 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 blah. So what does she do or what do they do? They send an email out to everybody in the company saying, hey, if you get this email, don't open it. Don't open the attachment with the fucking attachment <laughs> on it. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus! Oh man, I was no. laughing so hard. The email came through, and then another email comes through. Please disregard the last email. Do not open the attachment. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh my gosh! I That's amazing. So hard, man. Holy shit! Uh, the That's... glories of IT departments. <laughs> IT one Turn Holy it off. Turn it back. Shit. Turn it off. Turn it back on, boys. That's classic. Classic gaming, gaming podcast. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> ah, we brought it back, boys. Brought it back full circle. Mail at Classic Gaming Podcast. Follow us at Class Games Cast on Twitter. Uh, you can watch Blake stream some games over there at the old uh, at the old Twitch channel, Twitch.tv. Blackaholicus.tv. Oh, they said Blackaholicus. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a new stream. That's yeah. my weekend job. Slackaholicus.tv. Am I leaving anything out? Leave us kick-ass reviews on iTunes. That's what. Send us more emails. Yeah, send us plenty of emails. I want to hear more so stuff. You can even send us two emails if you want to. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's not overwhelm them, dude. If you're like, me if right you're like now. send one, or you're like, that was pretty good. Just be, just like, go ahead and do it. Just go ahead and do it again. Wait, I think you said Chase sent an email. Did you read it and I just didn't remember it? No, yeah, yeah, I read it. He was the one. Oh, okay. He was the one with the baby. Oh, that's right. Okay. okay. Yeah, I remember he's got a baby probably by now. A baby named Sora. That's right. I remember now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one. Or Squall or Cloud. <laughs> Yeah, Chase, uh, yeah, Chase, let us know what you named your baby also. Hopefully it's a... Uh, Final it's Fantasy. Like Donkey Kong or something. Reference to air. Diddy Kong. Diddy Kong <laughs> Racing! All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will be Woo-hoo. back in two weeks. See you guys later.